ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godcast. Welcome to Godcat, the show one of the hosts accidentally uninstalled Discord off their computer. I'm your host, Hydroid99, and I'm joined here today at Blue Falpaca. How is everyone today? Uh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, just because I tried to uh, download something. Okay. Uh, I see where we're going right now. Uh, basically, what happened is uh, I tried to download. A, um, a, 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 I think I forgot what it was, but I tried to download like a conversion software, and it came bundled with a vast and a stopwatch. And I had a fun time uninstalling it, and then while on call with Hydro, uh, uninstalling Discord accidentally alongside with it because the the Discord icon on the Microsoft. Uh, app thing in the settings it doesn't have the discord icon so I was like oh discord oh that's probably like a fake discord because I know that they have those <laughs> and then I uninstalled it and then I left the call and then uh, Adroid was like huh that's fun I don't know what he was doing for the past few minutes while I was gone and reinstalling discord but uh yeah, I just all of a sudden left. <laughs> right. Um, I probably was just thinking, you know, for the few Godcast veterans that watch our show. Um, we have him, Mr. Metallica. Moving on. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it was... Uh, a late stormy night yesterday when this motherfucker went to uh i don't know target or something and bought a pop vinyl <laughs> some and he knew that he would become another uh another figurine to troll me with <laughs> it was a late and stormy night when Hetfield became a uh, <laughs> sensation uh, among the shelving of Hydrowave's uh, dorm. Metallica son? <laughs> Fun times. Fun times, especially when. Um, uh, yeah, uh, that happens, you know, right. um, th there's an interview and, uh, <laughs> you interview some people who don't know how to pronounce, uh, foreign names <laughs> and right. then you just cut called Metallica-san, even though 
anyways, um, that's like saying, um, you know, I, I made the connection to Pink Floyd and how everybody's like, oh yeah, Pink Floyd, isn't that the guy who made Dark Side of the Moon? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, but, uh, is there any other, like, disconnects between band names and people? I'm trying to think of it. Like um, I know their stage names, but you know, like a band of people. I I, I can't remember. But um, uh, anyway, M Shadow of Event Sevenfold. That's that stage name, but still, that's kind of. Oh yeah, you know Mr. Sevenfold. <laughs> yeah, you remember Sevenfold, that guy. I didn't know who you're talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. They did Hail the King and Nightmare and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they were, uh... They were those guys that were, like, a one-hit wonder. And, like, you know, uh... Not really, but, you know. Anyways. Um, you have... Herman Lee of Dragon Force? Oh, yeah, Mr. Dragon Force. Sorry, I'm just kidding. That's more what I'm talking about. Like... Oh, Mr. Um, Mr. Lincoln Park. And it's just Lincoln, like, uh, Lincoln, like the president. <laughs> or Iron Maiden, how you have that one singer who's been so iconic to the band for a very long time. Yeah, Mr. Maiden. Hmm. Mr. Maiden. Or Judas Priest, most, or Rob Halford. Oh, yeah, Mr. Priest, yeah. I'd love to, to uh, do a, a, a collage with Mr. Uh, Priest. Mr. Jude, Judas. These guys did it. Isn't that Mrs. Metal? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. One of the Miss Mrs. Me Baby Metals. <laughs> yeah. So I'll pack they're, up. They're sisters. They and look twins. like them, but they're technically not. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, how else would they get the same name? Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. So Mr. Alpaca over here, uh, anything else new with you for the week? Um, what's been going on with me? Um, so, uh, well... You know, it's been a really boring, boring week, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I've, I don't know. I guess I, what, I did my taxes, or not myself, but I guess I, I just, eh, I turned in my tax information. <laughs> Woo! Hopefully get a refund. Yeah, hopefully. Um. Actually, uh, no, actually, never mind. Uh, uh, but other than, uh, a refund for something that's owed, uh, oh, I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, oh, yeah, 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 I, I tried out, uh, oh, for fuck's sake, yeah, it's been boring, but... I also tried uh, Resident Evil 4. There was a HD project, like a fan, 
uh, like um, not really remaster, but uh, they upscaled the textures and redid them to look much nicer. And it's been it's been um, it took them like I think they started in twenty twenty or two thousand nineteen. But I've tried that I tried it out and. You know, it's it's literally just a texture upscale. It's not like they reshaded anything or did anything like drastic. Um, you can still tell that the models are a bit polygonal, you know. But uh, you know, you see the details in the background. You know, the guns that you use, they're uh, higher uh, fidelity, I guess. So that's pretty much all they did. But um, some parts of the game that unfortunately looked a bit cruddier were uh redone um so there's like there's one part where there's a lava and you have to fight two giants and the floor was very blurry before and now like you can tell that it's um because when it looked blurry it just looked like leon was floating whenever he stood um on certain parts of the floor um there are like little holes that were actually chained fence but you couldn't see because of the lower quality on the GameCube. Um, so, and even on a PC before this, uh, before you apply this, you know, texture thing, it still looks like he's floating. Um, and uh, just, you look on the shelf, you can read the books, you know, you can read the spines of the books that are uh, showing, and you can read, like, uh, little uh, details on the, papers and stuff you know like really you know it wouldn't i don't know they they wouldn't um uh be they aren't important i guess like the little finer details aren't important but looking at something from uh like up close and you can actually read the letter without inspecting it in the game like it's it's so interesting to me like uh you know how in uh like bread dead 2 where you could uh read writing from your character looking at the note without even reading it with like a you know by the actual text in the game you could see the image like and you could look at it and read it from there you didn't have to have text pop up and you know spell it out for you oh wow that's actually pretty impressive like it actually like enhances all the text and makes it legible from far that's pretty impressive yeah certainly and uh um there was a so what capcom did was unfortunately they uh they're on the playstation 2 they added a brand new mode called separate ways and it's a mini campaign with ada um you see how she influenced Leon's journey um, throughout Resident Evil 4. And uh, so on the PlayStation 2, um, you know, they like there's the, the discs were a normal size while on the GameCube it was smaller, so they couldn't fit this campaign on there. So they put it on the PlayStation 2, but when they poured it over to the newer consoles and eventually to the uh, other newer consoles and also on the PC and stuff. And Wii. And the Wii. Um, they included Assignment Ada, but they didn't um, upscale the actual, like, cinematics. 
so it looked terrible. Like, it was, it looked really, really terrible, um, for, you know, like, you know how, um, older games look a bit blurry on, uh, you know, nor like, uh, flat screens, but on, but they looked better on CRT. Oh, I absolutely know what you're talking about, because I own several retro consoles that are plugged into my TV. Yeah. Well, um, it just looked very blurry, very hard to to stare at you know um at least on you know a brand new modern tv so what these uh developers did was they upscaled it and they uh they, they didn't reuse this because some of the scenes in the in the uh campaign are slightly reused from uh the uh the regular uh story you know um but, so they didn't reuse them, but they upscaled all of them from start to finish. So uh, it was uh, it was definitely a bit of a treat compared to just playing the game and being like, "Wow, they they reused the cinematic for the mode, but they didn't use the one that they already upscaled." So why did they do that or something? You know, um, but uh. It was it was fun. I tried to do a let's play of it, but I hate my voice and my inability to comment commentate. So I'm scrapping it for a uh, a shorter video that just shows off the textures and stuff, and it's like a uh, talk sort of thing. Right. Uh, I have a feeling too that like what we could potentially do is that obviously I've, as you've been doing Godcast now for a while now, you've been slowly improving upon this fault. Certainly. So maybe one day, once you get, once you feel like you've gotten to a point where you feel comfortable enough with being able to commentate, that you could probably do a full-on proper let's play of it. Yeah. But for now, I guess a short video, like the YouTube short or something that you've been an absolute expert on, could suffice. Maybe it's, I mean, personally, it, it feels like I'm not talking to somebody like, I guess, and that's probably why I forgo really talking sometimes like I, I lose stamina and I don't bring up like little talk points like sometimes I'll talk about uh, things that relate to it like, uh, you know, um, like I, re I remember this part was really scary and blah, 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 but I'll, um, what is it? What is the word? Uh, uh, explain it a bit more. Or like, uh, uh, gosh, what's the word to uh, talk more about a subject? Discuss. Um, yeah, discuss it. I guess. Um. Uh, but yeah, I explore the subject of that, you know, uh, talk point, a lot deeper. But I've been trying to do that. It's just I feel like I'm not a I'm not a great host, you know, like when it comes to like talking about uh, topics in depth, you know. Right. Granted, we obviously know that you've been a very valuable host on this show and we always care about your ambitions and whatnot. So and I'm sure many people would be understanding of your talking methodology and pronunciation of many things. So I'm sure when the time comes, we'll definitely make sure to give you a shout out. 
Oh, yeah, certainly. It's just, uh, eh, I don't know. I'm, I also want to get back into YouTube, but I, I get to that point where I'm like, maybe I should think up a topic, and then I give up on it really early because it feels like so much work, and I don't know. Um, it doesn't help that, you know, I, uh, there's a big, you know, uh, there's things that get in the way in real life, um, and, you know, and then some people don't understand that, you know, life is a lot more than just one specific thing, you know, like, something that is a hobby to you that these, you know, some people take to the extreme, I guess, like, like, I feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's it's hard to say because it's like think of somebody who has a head start in life and all that and they're already you know privileged and gifted all that stuff and you're kind of just stuck with uh you know like you're trying to come up with the next best thing like or the next big thing like uh think of it like my mic is a bit weird uh there we go, that's much better. Uh, but think of it like, uh, I don't know, like, let's say you're trying to um, succeed, but uh, you already see all these people who are like, like they are deeply rooted already. And to uproot all that stuff, and start as your own seed, I guess. Oh, God, it is... I don't know. It sucks, you know. I wish I was, you know, more, like, born in the 90s, became a YouTuber sort of guy than that sort of stuff, because, like, eh, it's... Eh, I don't know. It feels saturated. It feels mm -hmm. like every part of YouTube is saturated, and I feel like I don't really add anything. So it's best off not to start at all. But, right. I mean, this podcast stuff, uh, I mean, we're, you know, we, we, uh, we've added our uh, uh, anime uh, baby metal sort of stuff. So we kind of created our own little uh, roots, I guess. But for me personally, I don't feel like I have an identity yet. That's pretty much it, other than... Fluffalpaca or Fluffalpaca or this character that you're seeing right now who has yet to become uh, its own thing. Right. Tied to cast as a facial expression thing because mm. I don't like my own face. Right, yeah, that and then numerous other things like, you know, now we have this, but we we currently witnessed a weird expansion because when I put my po the podcast the audio side on this other platform that I've yet to announce yet, like the most recent episode that is that as of this recording is up, is now at like seventy five downloads. Oh yeah, yeah I saw that. Um... Yeah, and I was telling Alpaca over here like how the fuck did we get that much <laughs> like jesus christ <laughs> um well i mean hey I, I 
the only way I see it is that, you know, um, it just all of a sudden got picked up by the algorithm, or whatever you did, I guess. Yeah. You know, because, like, it's, um, like, it went from, like, you know, over the total days, it only gained, like, one view every something odd weekdays and whatnot, and then unknowingly like at like 40 days in all of a sudden one one of it one of the episodes got downloaded like about like 50 times plus yeah (laughs) over overnight and it's like this feels like i just uploaded a short on youtube and it just got 2000 you know 2 million views for for no reason because yeah, whatever. Who who knows? <laughs> yeah, and go back to what Alpaca mentioned earlier. It's like it's kind of funny to think about because when I first attempted YouTube back in the olden days, I remembered that my Windows Eight review, which many of you can find in the description of some of these older vid, especially if on the YouTube side, you can find it in my channel. Back when it used to be labeled Moonshot by Hundred, that video got like two thousand something views. And compared to this podcast, which gets, like, less than 100, usually. Yeah. Um, and it kind yeah, of... Sh- yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of showed, like, how much YouTube in general has changed. Yeah, YouTube is strange. Like, the algorithm changes almost weekly, I swear. Mm. I mean, I know, of course, as... You see, I don't think it's the algorithm that change changes. It's that it adapts to what other people are doing if all of a sudden i don't know fucking baby shark uh uploads and youtube just youtube just decides to uh send it flying like i'm about to uh uh, this way oh man i lost it now damn it anyway uh let's just uh say that happens and uh you know it happens and all of a sudden it's the number one most viewed thing on youtube apparently most liked or whatever (laughs) forgot what baby shark broke the world record on but anyway yeah let's not sing it let's not i mean we're not gonna sing it but we know what other shark became a meme uh, it does relate with Super Bowl. Left <laughs> shark. Oh, I, I've yet to uh, read about anything on the Super Bowl. So it was a, it was a, it was an old thing like a couple of years ago or whatever. One of the sharks that performed like alongside Carrie Perry during the Super Bowl. I, I think I oddly remember that. Not fondly, but I remember it. What what happened exactly? <laughs> yeah. This one of the, the shark apparently went complete full-on dumbass mode. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird way to explain it, but okay. Um, is or it anything stumbled like... randomly, but yeah, Alpaca, go ahead. What happened exactly? Uh... Good question. I don't think anyone knows. Don't? 
but we do have quite a number of things to talk about here today, including the Nintendo Direct that happened. Was it anything like this? No, it was during a Super Bowl show. Okay, because uh, that's a that's a mascot. Yeah, playing the drums. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we have an Nintendo Direct to talk about, and we have satellites being attacked by geomagnetic storms. We have another company jumping into the NFT bandwagon. And it's a fun shit post for everybody. Yeah. He was hoping, um, you know, uh, a certain someone doesn't mention um, a certain something. Mm. Quack. <laughs> because uh, I, I will let me smash. <laughs> And there will be uh, frozen shards of plastic and rubber. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um, before we get to the main topics of this week, though. Let me smash. Sorry. Al Alpaca? You had an act that you wanted to talk about? A what? A certain act you want to talk about? Oh, yes. So, we're going to get to that first before we get to the... What I consider to be the most major topic of the entire week. So, Alpaca, explain it to us, this new Earn It Act. Alright. Yes, so, um... <sighs> uh, imagine... Um... You have... Uh, okay, so um, I think um, my good, uh, f not really friend, but uh, it was described perfectly by Mudahar of Some Ordinary Gamers. Imagine any time, like for 24 hours a day, there is somebody in the corner of your room watching you. And it's in any room you go to. You are recording this session. There's a fucking person in the background staring at you through the window. Um, um, you are taking a log uh, out for the woodworks, and uh, somebody's watching it. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, so you're doing that. Uh, you know, use the bathroom. There's somebody in the corner. You're taking a shower. There's somebody showering with you for some reason. Uh and, uh, you are in the car, and there's, like, a third person that is in the car with you. Pretty much, imagine going on the internet, but there's a back door that anybody can walk in through. Like, leaving a door unlocked, pretty much. Uh, anyone can watch what you do online, like, 100%. There is absolutely no encryption to it so what the internet act is so uh let me look through um that's pretty much what it is it's uh excuse me um they uh it, it literally 
makes the encryption uh, uh it, it's it it would be it would just be about as good as uh not having encryption at all um and I think uh I think you could um you know uh write something and it would be replaced by another thing or something similar to that uh you know instead of that uh you know instead of a certain um you know pop vinyl i could uh censor it over with a uh giant um uh, you know uh, i could just you know take my alpaca and just slam it over uh hydro's uh camera so now there's two of me <laughs> and I'd completely censor the uh, pop vinyl that he just showed on screen a few minutes, a few seconds ago. <laughs> um, so pretty much there's fear of it censoring legal speech, like first amendment speech, like not, um, you know, not like Twitter, you know, deleting your tweets for harassment or something. It's literally, uh, any, you know, government, uh, any anything of the government could censor it if they wanted to. You know, stuff that is protected by First Amendment stuff. Uh, right. And I know that if you scroll down the article here, it does mention a lot of the points he mentions. Like, for it, this article, for it's a fear-driven censor of legal speech, such as it could it could that is that since the free speech is constitutionally protected, it's violating the Constitution, which is the most important piece of law. Certainly. Um, and he, also, he, it also mentions that it will result in companies overzealously censoring lots of perfectly user, user speech just in case anything that could potentially be deemed what might... CSAM might be lurking in there or even shutting down part or all of their services entirely. And the thing is, is that it is under the guise of, uh, like, uh, protecting children. Yeah. Which I am highly, uh, I, I really would, um, I'm highly, uh, for, but it, it's just, this is not, you know, this, this will... This won't just, you know, this, you know, this might actually make it uh, easier for children to be tracked, you know, and harassed. I, I you know, in my opinion, I, I'm afraid of, uh, because the way it undermines your privacy, anybody could watch what you're doing by the encryption, uh, you know the the part of the encryption being so weak or non-existent you know at least that's how i understand this is that it it is like uh i don't know it's like going to a uh a foreign land without a vaccine that from like uh malaria mm -hmm. and then you contract malaria Far Cry 2 style. 
Right. And the thing is, too, this is Senator Blumenthal who introduces, and the worst part about this is this is someone from my state. I live in Connecticut. He represents Connecticut. Vote him out. Vote him out. Vote him out, Hydro. <laughs> Everyone from Connecticut, vote him out. <laughs> Let us protect our internet. Send that motherfucker in a cardboard box down to Congress. <laughs> right. Uh, send him back to his mummy. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, God, anyways. Um. Yeah. Uh, anybody in Connecticut, get that fucker out of my sight. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, by the way, if I can't say that, apparently, if, like, that's free speech. That's, a, that's uh, protesting government stuff. That's free speech. That's First Amendment. Maybe that wouldn't be a thing. Because this is, this is a senator. This is a government thing. You know, so I wouldn't say this act would censor what I just said, but I'm just saying, you know, it, that's part of free speech is you can protest like uh, government type things. It's not, not for like private companies. It's just uh, anyways, sorry, uh, Go on about it. Yeah. Uh, about Mr. Menthols. Sorry. And then saying tier at the end of the article here is like, even if you don't care the hits the free speech and personal privacy and cybersecurity, the fact that this bill will hurt child safety efforts by making child sex abuse material investigations harder and making it likelier that these defendants would walk free. Should the reason be reason enough to oppose the Earn Act? These are the wholly predictable consequences if earn it thinkers thinkers with section two thirty and section two thirty is the problem here anyways. So you can see this whole article here. It goes really in depth, but we just only went through like the the highlight reel of what we consider, you know, the discussion of this act. And yeah, having privacy be worse, having the child sexual abuse material be harder to arrest people for this stuff and obviously privacy and rights of free speech etc this is actually kind of problematic and i i think this uh i, I think from what i've heard is that this would truly like be a terrible uh, uh this is like saying this is like um, fixing a problem that, you know, exists, but you're fixing it by making it worse. Like, think of it like pouring gas on an open fire, <laughs> I guess. You know uh, what, you're right, this kind of is like that. Like, imagine just pouring, um, let's see, imagine pouring these things. This motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, alpaca throw. <laughs> is it gonna make him any more likely to tolerate anime? Sorry, uh, let me just pop up. Um, it will not fix J-pop, but what if? 
anyways. Um. Oh yeah, and but then again, we can use the power of James Hetfield. I, I will exit light immediately. <laughs> and just like the uh, gas fire, uh, <laughs> I will give the, you what what you desire, motherfucker. Anyway, um. Metallica said. <laughs> where's that like I, I swear i have like a few midis of metallica that i'm just gonna like um you know play in my spare time and then uh just you can feel it you can feel it and i'm gonna also make a midi of the entire the entire discography of baby metal and just uh painstakingly listen through it and uh, uh you know uh, one of these days alpaca we are going to review baby metal music right you know this uh, music mayhem we're going to review some baby metal music it's gonna be the most glorious thing ever <laughs> No. no. This is this is not the way, Anakin. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, put a, a, a image of Uganda Knuckles in the middle of the street and say you're back. Fuck. No. No, we're not gonna do that. Uh, I I know you've been in the background just like looking up at VTube studio assets. I swear, if you fucking send me a free Uganda Knuckles model, I might just, I, I, I might just find the time to, uh, I don't know. I, I will find the time to, uh, send it. I don't know. I will just like modify it and then paste my face on it, and then uh, you'll have to deal with me for the next episode. <laughs> you'll have to deal with uh, the Rupaka way. <laughs> the fruit and puck. <laughs> <laughs> In here, uh, do we have anything else to say about the Earn It Act? Uh, no, but I'm seeing stars and I don't know why. Uh, like I literally just saw like stars. Like I, I think I just sent my blood pressure through the roof doing that. Oh, wow. Uh, anyways, I hope this doesn't pass because I feel like it truly does it it truly undermines the solution to this problem all right and this is not the problem or this is not the solution it's like uh saying oh yes i, I know i know alchemy is fake but i'd rather use alchemy than drink nyquil 
just know that J-pop metal will solve all of our problems. Just know that at any time, I can uh, go to Windows, <laughs> hover over the power button, and click <laughs> shut down. Right. Alright, anyways, I think we can move on to, I think it's probably the most important showcase of the entire week. So, ladies and gentlemen, we just had a Nintendo Direct that happened earlier in the week. By that, I mean Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole thing. And a lot of interesting things have happened over here. After I just refresh the page here and get the thing going. We can then talk about... Yes, we can. Yep. All right, cool. So let's get this going. So we had a quite a number of games that were announced at this Nintendo Direct. I would say overall, if you're a fan of the Wii, you would probably like this Direct a lot. Some of the stuff they've shown was excellent quality material. Yeah. Nintendo Switch Sports. Yeah. Finally. Just just like Wii Sports, except better. But <laughs> the fuck was So like wait a... Yeah, so Nintendo Switch Sports has six games at launch. We'll have volleyball, bowling, tennis, badminton, shambara, which is essentially sword fighting, and soccer. Awesome. Um Golf will be added later. They better add golf, and they also better add baseball, because, like, you know, I mean, I I guess, uh, you know, volleyball is kind of just like tennis, but... And badminton is the same thing, too. And, and badminton is the same thing, too, yeah. What what happened to the variety? What happened to, uh... Whacking, uh, whacking baby metal figures with a baseball? <laughs> what happened to me going into the the... Wii Maker and making a, a Wii model version of that and then going to the boxing uh, thing and uh, uh, you know having player 2 be that model you know well it is but keep in mind that while there are like new avatar creators like avatars in Nintendo Switch Sports you are supposed to be able to import your Miis over so you'll still have the option to play as Miis if you want to oh I see uh, okay. Um, but me, the I funny guess. thing, too, is that supposedly, I've seen myself, there is an option to customize the avatar to be a freaking squirrel. So furries get their representation in the game. Uh, okay. Wow. So, very progressive, Nintendo. We're very proud of you. Wait, so you can be an Animal Crossing character, basically? Kind of. There's, like, a whole, like, like, squirrel outfit you can unlock. What if somebody mods it? <clears throat> or not mods it, but, you know, makes, like, a slight replica of, of my face on it. Like, my character right now. What if? I mean, that would that be would interesting. That would be so cool. Right. The next announcement is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting DLC. So if you thought the Wii U version marker had DLC, no, 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 no. There's even more DLC, but you have to get the Switch version. Yeah, 
you have to buy it again. And for your uh, second cousin as well. And mm. your extended fam family that lives in, like, Arizona. Right. So, pretty much it's going to be 48 more courses being added to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They're going to come in six waves over the course of the next year. It'll be by the end of 2023. And they're all going to be retro courses. Can't wait to spam Coconut Mall. <laughs> yes, finally, Alpaca can live his dream of spamming on the Mario Kart Wii tracks again. Yang. I mean, honestly, one of my favorite things to do is I have this step cousin of mine who I live who's a couple towns away from me. He hates Moo Moo Meadows, but I insistently play Moo Moo Meadows. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. You uh buy him the soundtrack on Amazon and gift it to him. <laughs> But it's only Moo Moo Meadows. <laughs> you just say, Hey, hey, step bro, or hey, step cuz, I got you a pretty cool, pretty cool uh, gift coming in the mail. Uh, or, I just emailed you a gift, a digital gift. You'll love it. It's a <laughs> brand new song I just made in, uh, uh, in, uh, Garage band, <laughs> and it's just—you <laughs> know—it's funny. I actually gifted him a—they had like a special Hot Wheel car thing, and it literally is the cow from like Moomoo Meadows and Moomoo Farms. No, I gifted it to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Hold on, let me see if there's like a Moo Moo Meadows MP3 player. Then like, again, I probably would be the same person that would gift you a lovely baby metal pop figure of your choice. No. <laughs> no. Here's what you do there's a Moo Moo Meadows um, George Not Found hoodie. You shall. <laughs> I'll send you the Amazon link. <laughs> oh my god, all this. Oh my god. <laughs> Hell shall be unleashed. <laughs> Alright, and then he has to wear it and have to give the walk of shame. Oh, that'd be great. Hell yeah. But seriously, well, though, uh, uh Besides that, um, is there any particular courses you want to see in this booster course pass? You know, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, so they've remastered the, uh, Super Mario Kart levels, right? A, a portion of them, but I wouldn't say all of them. This might seem like a bit, um, I wouldn't say strange, but, um... I would love to see the the SNES like art style, but with like a modern like pixelated take, I guess, as like a a bonus course or something along those lines. Like 
Think of it, it's literally straight from the SNES, but, you know, the sprites are updated a tad bit, and the character... You, you know how, um, how they've made, you know, in Super Mario Maker, they, ha they make, um, you know, like, uh, costumes and stuff, like, on the Wii, Wii U version and all... Is there, is there ones on the Switch version now? Um... On Mario 2? In Mario Maker 2, there's a couple. There's one for Link. I know that. Well, you know how there's only a ghost house in Super Mario World? And, mm -hmm. you know, they, uh, they made, like, uh, um, brand new, like, sprites for the, for, uh, the ghosts in, um, for the older games, which didn't actually have them. Something like that. Like, they use characters from, you know, the newer and Mario Kart 8 that don't actually have a SNES version. Like, you know, like, if they have Dr. Mario or something, or Fire Mario, I don't know. Like, so you essentially want a Mario Maker-style flip switch between Mario Kart 8 Deluxe version and then Super Nintendo version. Yeah, something like that. Just, like, to have, a, like, a throwback mode, almost. Or... Or they could uh, include Super Mario Galaxy stuff with Star Fox in, in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that considering the fact they've added Splatoon and Animal Crossing and Legend of Zelda references. And there's an F-Zero car option you could pick. Yeah. Hell yeah! I was just thinking, since F-Zero is completely overshadowed by Mario Kart 8, what if... What if they add some, you know, extra things in there? Well, in the Wii you U know? version, they added two F-Zero tracks, which carried over into the Deluxe. All right, then. Well, um, that and, uh, what else could they add? Well, I, I mean, well, keep in mind, this is all retro courses that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, but, think like, about if there's any, like, retro courses from throughout the Mario Kart series that you'd like to see in this game. They, that you know would be missing. Certainly. Um, you could look like at... Like I said. Yeah, if like, you want if you want to take that time, you could definitely, like, pull up a list of Mario Kart courses. And see if there's anything that's not in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe that you would like to see added. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um... Or if not, we can move on to the next announcement. Yeah, we can move on to the next one. Cause... All right. Now, keep in mind, I'm only recapping it from a list here, so this is not in alphabetical order. Sure. Okay. The next thing that they should mention here is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I've Ooh. enjoyed my time with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. This is kind of like... Master. Yeah, this is Nintendo's, like, pretty much their premier JRPG series that they've been pushing recently besides Fire Emblem. Like, I would say, like, if you need an RPG series, that's probably going to be as close as you can to what would probably be similar to Golden Sun. It's probably going to be Xenoblade. I would highly recommend playing Xenoblade Chronicles, if you can. You could easily emulate this on Dolphin if you have to with the first game. Mm, yeah. Even then, that's... I would still recommend just finding a way to play it or just buy a Switch and get Definitive Edition yeah. for the first game and then get to Xenoblade 2 and then 3. There's also Xenoblade X, but that's on the Wii U. And, well, let's just say that it hasn't been ported to the Switch yet. 
uh, have, but uh, is is it digital or can I get a physical copy of Xenoblade X? You can get both. You can go to the eShop and buy it. Okay, because I know the Wii U kind of like is dead, but I I don't know if I can get a physical copy because I do have a Wii U, but uh, it's gonna be a pain in the ass to set up if I ever yeah have that you know. Yeah, Xenoblade X is a bit different than, than like Xenoblade Chronicles One and Two. It's kind of like you create a character and you explore a larger world, and it's like Gundams and shit. Oh, Xenoblade Chronicles One and Two is a little bit more is much more story driven. So I'd recommend getting a Switch for at least that. Yeah. Um. There's also Mario Strikers Battle League. This is the first Mario Strikers game since the Wii. And it's pretty much Mario Soccer with some edge into it. Um, any thoughts on this? Why did they add Wii Sports Soccer? Or, you know, Nintendo Switch Soccer, if they're also making another soccer game with Mario? Honestly, it's usually the fact that one's more casual, the other one's a little bit more hardcore. Oh. Um, MLB The Show 2022. Um, I don't have anything to say about this considering I haven't, I'm not much of a baseball player, but it's funny, this is a Sony-developed game that's coming to the Switch. Wide smiles from me. <laughs> Wide grin. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to talk much about MLB The Show 2022, but I know no. one game that Alpaca would love to talk about is Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers Edition. Yeah, yeah. I um I mean I I don't know. Um I uh like that it's it's I mean it's gonna be kind of like the uh Chrono Trigger. Uh, uh not remake, but you know how um on the Steam version they uh they have a uh uh you know better graphics um option or original graphics option if you want it's gonna be kind of like that yeah and uh, they also mentioned that they're gonna add some quality of life improvements like you can turn off enemy encounters and there's also gonna be a, a, a refined soundtrack yeah and um isn't there like uh something f that was exclusive to japan that they uh forgoed in the original version yeah the radical dreamer this was only available on the satellite which is like Back in the day, you had the second shadow and the and it's the Teleview, which both like you received games through the satellite. What? What? That's what the fuck? It, what? That's a thing that they tried to do. You could look it up if you're curious, but yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> How did they even do that? I understand broadcasting a show, but where you can interact with it. What the fuck? This is like game streaming for game stream. What the fuck did you? What the fuck did you just tell me? My mind is blown. You can literally look this up and be curious about how this stuff works. But yeah, it's kind of like holy shit. They attempted some form of online game distribution back in the nineties. What the fuck? That's that's so weird. So technically, this is something you cannot even. If you went back to the Super Nintendo, you can't even play this anymore. But now this is coming back to the they have US a few to be playable. They have, they have a few like emulation parts of it, but whoa, that's so fucking weird. Wait, what is this? 
Rudy Manchette. What? I don't know. Right. But anyways, so you get to, to Tel Aviv, Kata, and the, the main original game coming to Switch. And I also coming to PS4 and 5. I believe this will be available on Steam, so you can pick this up on Steam Alpaca. Oh, yes. And then I'd be able to... Put, oh. I'd be able to play uh, both games um, in 4K. Yeah, so definitely, I would say Alpaca will probably pick that one up. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's also the Portal Capadia Collections. This is Portal 1 and 2 coming to the Switch. Oh. You know, um, what's funny about that, yeah, I, I, um, I saw that, uh, and I know you mentioned it to me, but, um... I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, Valve, Steam Deck, Steam Deck, Switch competitor, vice versa. They're not really competitors, but you know what I mean. They're Ye the same concept, except it's Nintendo's console versus, uh, you know, Valve's portable computer, pretty much. Yeah, they're similar form factors. They're taking completely different directions, and they're not really competing, so. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that Valve would release that on the Switch because portable game yeah i mean they're still same games but i have not seen any announcements about if this was coming to xbox or playstation but the fact that it's coming to switch is funny uh, yeah i guess i mean it's portal i guess yeah I have portal 2 i don't have portal 1 though mm. right and after portal compared collection we have splatoon 3 announcement so such that they're doing so have you heard of this thing called salmon run from Splatoon 2. I know you haven't played it, but have you at least known what it is? I do not know what Salmon Run is. It sounds like a uh it sounds like you're spawning up up a up a waterfall or something. Kinda. What it actually is, it's kinda like a it's a Nintendo take on like a Left 4 Dead style sort of thing. Well, th that's weird. So it's actually you have the thing called salmon, and the idea that you have a control point you have. To, so it's like, kind of like a tower defense sort of thing mixed with uh, left for dead elements. So in fact, you have like different like salmon or what you would probably consider zombies spawning in, and you're trying to defend this one choke point. Oh, interesting. Okay. And there's now they're adding like boss salmons to the game so that's gotta be pretty interesting nice now the main disappointment with Splatoon 2 how they handle Salmon Run was the fact that you could only play at certain times what really yeah so it wasn't like a that's full on thing they act it was literally a hey you could only play this mode at these certain times odd I don't know why yeah it is sounds sounds um, no offense. But one thing that Alpaca would definitely meme about is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Nintendo, for this. Uh, um, so, uh, Ninten Nintendo uh, also released Valentine uh, cards. So, yeah. Uh, I found this one to be nice. Right. Uh Anyway. <laughs> so pretty much, as some of you may know, Kirby in the Forgotten Land is, a, is the Kirby's first 3D platformer in the main series. 
and then they introduced Malfo mode, and that's where Alpaca was alluding to. Yes. Pretty, um, yeah, pretty much you just take a car, for instance, and Kirby inhales it and almost swallows it, but not quite, and he like, takes over the object. Yeah, it basically he possesses the object, and uh, he can um, now become a, a, a living car and is half-swallowing a rusty uh, uh, sedan and... Uh, vroom vrooming across the land. Hey, that rhymed. Uh, anyway, uh, which, uh, yeah, that's that's cool, I guess. He can also become a vending machine, uh, like a, a drill, and uh, forgot what the other one was. Oh, yeah, he can swallow a lake of water and then, um, uh, hydroplane everybody, <laughs> um, and with high enough pressure, he could uh, sever reality, I guess. <laughs> I'm not like he doesn't already, but, you know. Additionally, he could evolve copy abilities, kind of like Ratchet and Clank style with weapons at the Wallsy's weapon shop. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, Anything else you want to add to this discussion about Kirby? Uh, no, I just, I, I always thought Waldies were, like, bad guys, but, eh, there's probably something I missed, because I don't really follow the Kirby franchise as much, but, eh, you know. Then again, you don't really follow much of Nintendo anyways, aside from the show, where we try to keep up with everything. Because I don't have a Switch. You you should definitely get one. It's a, it's a pretty impressive console. Don't tell me what to do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways... And then there is a Speedstorm, which is a Disney and Pixar combat racer, kind of like Mario Kart, but it's made by the makers of Asphalt. So I don't have much else to say, so I don't really watch much Disney stuff. Nope, just another, uh, I guess, combat racer then. Uh, Even though I have a Disney Plus subscription, I've been meaning to cancel and keep forgetting to cancel it. Oh. Yeah. Okay, then. Whatever. Um, no Man's Sky is also coming to the Switch as well. Interesting, I guess. So finally, you can go to all these different planets on the go. On the go. <laughs> and I think the big update for a lot of people as well is Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings have made it to the Switch. Woo! SNES games! Earthbound! Anyway. But the main thing, too, that Earthbound Beginnings has practically been trapped on only two platforms. The NES Mini and the, the Wii U. Yeah, I I, I, I know. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, this is, this is good. <laughs> um, I, I know about that. Um, cause, like, I know that that was a big, like, problem. Uh, is that you could only ever, um, you could only ever, uh, get, uh, the original Mother game, I guess, through Earthbound Beginnings, but it's only on, you know, Wii U, like you said, and the NES Mini. Uh, hey, it's on Switch Online. Nice. Yes, yeah, so finally, you can pay, like, 20 bucks a year to gain access to this stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah, and then lose it after those 20 years are done. 
or 20 bucks or uh, a year is done. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, Metroid. And, uh... Yeah. I was gonna say Metroid Dread also got an update. And pretty much they're adding a super ridiculous mode and a super easy mode. Oh, nice. So pretty much for the super ridiculous, the difficult mode, it's one shot and you're dead. Oh. For the super easy mode, they're adding increased recovery for certain things. Nice. And then later on, they're going to add a boss rush mode. Oh. Uh, one thing I have to say with Earthbound, by the way, now we can play uh, Undertale and Earthbound, and we can see how Sans was once an S back then. Just kidding. Woo! <laughs> Truly a rejoiceful time for gamers. Hell yeah. Truly good for the player. And then we also have Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. These are remakes of both Advanced Wars 1 and 2. In one collection. That's called Reboot Camp, then. Well, anyways. I think they're thinking, like, it's like a reimagining. Like, it's the two games reimagined, essentially. Or restarted. Uh, Alright, done. But, this is good for Advanced Wars players, which was actually a pretty, pretty niche series on the Game Boy Advance. Kind of like Golden Sun. Yeah. I mean, I think Alpaca's dream would be if a Golden Sun remake happened for the Switch. I, I wouldn't... I don't know, actually. Maybe. I think it would be okay. Right. I'd like it. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna download uh, Unreal Engine and... Uh, Recreate it myself, and then buy the rights to Camelot. Anyway, Woo. um, Camelot's also busy working on more Mario sports games. Motherfucker. Besides Strikers, that's being handled by Next Level Games. Ah. All right. Well. That's yeah, that's it. pretty much what. That's pretty much what Camelot's been relegated to is Mario sports games. So, uh, this is where I um, I uh, just. Become super sad because uh, now I just realized the team that made a uh, really good RPG has also been relegated to a uh, really not generic sport game. Okay. With Mario Paint. Sorry. Right. But, anyways, I am eager to pick this one up Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. I think it's going to be a fun time. Because this is a strategy game. So I think I, I, I definitely checked this one out for sure. It's me handled by Wave 4, who's done like Shantae and numerous other games. This is also this is also Nintendo letting an indie developer do stuff. I didn't get much of that on, on the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> but there also is Star Wars The Force Unleashed coming to the Switch as well. Oh, nice. Supposedly, this is going to be the Wii version that's coming over, not the 360 version, but... Uh... Yes, it's enhanced from the original Wii version, so they're taking the Wii version. Nice. I mean, not really, because it's on canon now. Right. <sighs> Still don't like that, Disney. 
Why? <laughs> Anyways. And have Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. This is taking the games of Ezio Adore and yeah. And they're putting them in one collection and putting it out on the Switch. Coming out February 17th. Okay. And then we get more info on the Cuphead DLC. Okay. Which adds new content, like a new thing called Inkwell Isle, and a new playable character with Miss Chalice. I see I have yeah. nothing to say, because it's kind of like, like a boss rush slash Contra kind of game, but with 1930 visuals, so... Yeah, I I mean, I never really got into Cuphead. Um, I, I know that... I, the only uh, memorable thing I have for Cuphead, besides the, uh, you know, uh, you know, art design for me, is um, that one journalist who didn't know how to double jump. <laughs> That's a funny memory. Uh, oh, and also cringy, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, child stuff. I guess, like, the whole, uh... Oh, Cuphead, let's, uh, bootleg it to shit. I guess. Right. Uh, they were trying to, like, make bootleg, uh... Like, uh, things out of it, I think. Right. If I remember correctly. Maybe I'm <laughs> thinking of Bendy and the Ink Machine or something. Right. Well, we also have a game that myself and Alpaca have been talking about because of cots and jokes. It is Taiko no Tatsushin Rhythm Festival. So I, I saw this and I found out all about it and it's that drum guy with the weird like cat smile and um, I have so many things to say about it. Um, like uh, the intro uh, cutscene is um, the uh, that drum dude with the smile uh, being uh, cow tipped <laughs> and uh, and uh, by a bunch of children. And then there's this, like, cloud guy whose mouth looks like an eyeball. Um, and then I saw the actual gameplay. Like, all of the, uh, the, uh, awesome, uh, visuals. And I'm like, what the fuck are these dogs doing? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this is the perfect um, game for Alpaca. There is Megalovania. There, it's anime. It's, oh, yes. D it's just, um, it's <laughs> Don't you even fucking mention the ducks. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. It's all coming together. So, this is anime. This is also Megalovania. is one of the tracks that they highlighted in this re this reveal. Um, amazing. Amazing. Uh, so, there's that. And um, uh, the uh, psychedelic visuals. Oh, and, uh, uh, now featuring, uh, Baby Metal Tracks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> if there was Baby Metal Tracks, Alpaca would be all over it. No, I wouldn't. I would, uh, probably, uh, only enjoy it on LSD. So, <laughs> anyways, um. This will be one of those games that if, when Alpaca gets a Switch, I will probably gift it to him. So we could play Megalovania and enjoy duckies. And then I, uh, you know, um, fall asleep and uh, never wake up from uh, so much acid. <laughs> um, 
so. Let's see. Thanks, Hydro. No. Anyways, we also have Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. This is a Fire Emblem Three Houses themed Warriors game. I'm sorry, what? Lawyers game? Warriors, like Dynasty Warriors. Oh. Oh, I see Dynasty Warriors. Okay. Like that, yeah, okay. I thought you said lawyer game, like Phoenix Wright. I was like, what the fuck? I don't know Wait. how Fire Emblem and, and Phoenix Wright would ever be able to connect, but okay. I, I, I don't know at all, but... Whatever. <laughs> I mean, this is a game I probably would check out as well. Considering the fact that I have been enjoying Three Houses from what I've played of it. I do like the concept. Dynasty Warriors with uh, Fire Emblem. Like Hyrule Warriors, but... You know. And Fire Emblem is mean... the other RPG that Nintendo's been focusing on these days. Yeah, I hope... Uh, I hope, though, that it's, you know, not a clone, I guess, or something. You know, just because, just like, out of... um. You know, you can have a shooter game, but it has to be a bit different, of course. You know, you can't just copy Battlefield. Yeah. What what, what to Koei Tecmo has been doing with a lot of their more recent licensed Warriors games is they actually pay closer attention to the source material. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, they've been doing a good job of, like, telling, like, isolated stories. Like, actually, one of the ones I've heard really well was that Persona 5 Strikers actually played a lot different than a lot of war traditional Warriors games. Oh. So, like, what for instance, what they've been doing is that, yeah, there's a similar combat flow, but the core structure, the mission structure, is actually quite a bit different compared to most Warrior games. And this also applies the same thing to, like, Higher Warriors Cal Age of Calamity. And I believe there's also a Dragon Quest word that it followed suit with, too. So this is probably going to be in the same vein. Like, hey, this is going to feel more like a Fire Emblem game, but with, like, the official combat flow of a Warriors game. I see. Because okay. there was a Fire Emblem Warriors prior to this. But the difference was that that was just felt more official Warriors game. Like, hey, here's all the Fire Emblem characters. Not all of them, but priority focus on the more recent Fire Emblem games and just put them into a game. Yeah. This that's... one is more like, we're taking the roster of one specific game and we're going to flesh it out a bit more and make it close to the actual game and do interesting shit with it. Mm -hmm. I see. Also, go back to the Taiko no Tatsujin rhythm game real quick. There, you can also play no, the Legends. There, you can also play the Legend of Zelda theme song in the game. And this is where uh, I um, uh, go back to uh, Termina and uh, get blown up by a giant moon because fuck that. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but anyways, I think we're done with that game for right now. Uh, let's just move on to Live Alive or Live Alive or whatever it is. So this is actually an RPG that was exclusive to Japan. For a very long time. And it's being brought to the West. Using what, what Square Enix calls the HD 2D style. And what that is. If you take a look at games like Octopath Traveler. 
how it has like this really crisp like 2D style with like some 3D environments. Hmm. That's essentially what it is. In fact, you could probably Google HD 2D and you'll find some interesting screenshots of it. And they had like Dragon Quest 3 is being redone in it. Quite a number of games. So take a look at whatever you get shit. Take a look at HD 2D. I would highly recommend it because my god, that style is art style is actually really beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, is it like a Dragon Quest kind of like three, the uh, remake? Yeah, the Dragon Quest three remake. Yeah. I see. Okay. But if we take a look at that, you'll see they're going to use a similar art style to that. So you can see how there's some 3D environment though, but the but the pixel art is like really damn clear. Yeah. It's that's what they're going with for this remake, which was originally a Super Nintendo game that's being remastered or remade it to be in that style. I see. Uh, is it anything like uh so is it is it is this kind of like uh relegated to like isometric sort of stuff, like Age of Empires and stuff? Or think like this would be more useful like games like Final Fantasy VI or older Final Fantasy games or older Dragon Quests or anything that is inspired by that. Oh, okay. And what they do, they kind of just shake up the camera angle a little bit, not much, just a little bit. Is this a bit like uh, the Pokemon, uh, the fourth gen and the fifth gen kind of? Right. I would say more like fifth gen, but better yeah, visuals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying now. It's like a 3D environment that's blatantly 3D, but it's more in the sense of, like, the character sprites and certain other things are more relegated to a 2D sort of uh, yeah, shape. Yeah, it's more like that. Um, almost like uh, popsicle stick uh, puppets. <laughs> I don't know. Did anyone say popsicle sticks? Uh, no, we're not talking about popsicle sticks and uh, <laughs> baby metal. <laughs> And, uh, you know, um, pop. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, um, this, but yeah, what do you think of this game coming over? It, uh, it has a kind of Chrono Trigger like vibe in the fact that there's different stories going different time periods. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to search live alive, uh. Live Alive, I don't, whatever sorry, the hell it is. Live. I, everyone's the, the direct calls it Live Alive, but everyone pronounces it differently. Yeah. Um. I mean, hey, it's a thing. So pretty much, there's seven different stories that have each have a different protagonist. Yeah. Um, there's a Wild West with a wanderer with a bounty on his head, fights for life. There's a Twilight of Edo, Japan with a shinobi undertaking a secret mission. And there's like, there's like several different other ones. Like there's like, there's a near future one with like a guy with like kinetic powers or something like that too. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm. I it's another you know, JRPG, you know, so I guess if you're into that stuff. Mm -hmm. There's also, uh, oh, 
continue what you're saying. Uh, also, uh, apparently, um, like it, there was an inspiration of like Undertale or something like that. Um, oh yeah, Chrono Trigger is, is an example of 2D HD and Undertale as well, apparently. Uh, not exactly, because HD2D, what they refer, they refer to that, while it's similar in cut, while I mentioned it's similar in concept, when they meet HD2D, there's a very specific thing that it's marketed towards. It's a specific engine type, too, as well. Oh, I see. So okay. while there's specific, it's... so while there are specific instances of games that would be similar to HD2, like you said, under not so much Undertale, but like it's a, I'm going to talk about Pokemon Fifth Gen, Chrono Trigger's elements of it and stuff like that. It's not the exact same sort of thing what they're going with with HD2D. It's very similar to that sort of stuff, but the graphical style is significantly enhanced. Okay. So yeah. I would definitely take a look at screenshots of games such as. Octopath Traveler, Dragon Quest 3 Remake, or even Triangle Strategy, which is also using the HD2D style. Okay. And there's a demo that's available at the eShop from chapters 1 to 3 that, that will allow you to carry your state data over to the full game when it launches on March 4th. Yeah. Um, another game that's getting a remake too is Front Mission 1 and Front Mission 2. Those games are getting remade, and there's tactical RPGs in which you pilot weaponized machines called Wanzers and lead your battalion to victory, I guess. Okay. So that would be pretty interesting. Another game that's mentioned, too, is Klonoa. That made a comeback with this Reverie series in which they're remaking the first two Klonoa games. If you know what they are, they're platformers. I I do know um about Kalanoa. Um but uh you know I've always wanted to talk about it. Why why does it look so much like the Sonic uh like uh facial the the sort of like facial sort of like uh style I don't of know. Sonic. The thing I know <laughs> I know most about Klonoa is the fact that he is hat has a Pac-Man icon on it. Uh Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> wow. And I know it's owned by Bandai Namco, so I know that. And we're gonna talk more about those guys later. Yeah, we certainly are. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Fuck. Hey. <laughs> but. But yeah, this is something that's worth noting. Um. It would be nice to revive this, get the series back on a track where we could actually fully revitalize it. So, if you are a fan of Klonoa, I would highly recommend pay, picking this game up. Yeah. And then there's also a Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon. And it's a. Looks like, for what I'm judging from the discussion here, it's another, like, roguelike. It's a roguelike action game. Nothing to see there. There's also SD Gundam Battle Alliance. This is a kind of like a. It's another Gundam game. Oh, I see. 
And then the last thing that's mentioned on this list is Kingdom Hearts Integrum Masterpiece for Cloud, which it's a cloud version of all the Kingdom Hearts games. Because they don't want to do a, a native port for Switch. So. Yay. <laughs> native, not native ports. <laughs> eh. But figured. yeah, I thought this Direct was pretty good overall. Oh yeah. Yeah, certainly. Especially for those who like Megalovania, Ducks, and anime. I, I, I'm gonna smash. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Make a note, there's a little bit of my display capture by accident. That's Ugh. fine. But I will smash. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um. But another Nintendo-related thing that happened around the same time is the fact the, that one of the producers of Mother 3 wishes for an English release of that game. Yeah, speaking of Earthbound, by the way. Yeah, so as yeah. you can see here, Mother 3 producer wants to see English release. But we have Undertale. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't sue me. Let's see, I'm trying. Curry, Matt, Pat. So as I you can see here, you. that while... Fans have waited for 15 freaking years for a, a re, like a re-release of the, like a localization of the game. Uh, this has also been shared by Sunichi Kamioka, which who's a producer of Mother Three. And in our interview with Nintendo Everything, Kamioka was asked about his time working on the series, as well as any hopes he has about Mother Three. He explained that much like other fans, he'd also love to see Mother Three get released in both the U.S. and European regions. As a lover of games, I'll continue to wait for Mother Three's worldwide release. <laughs> and then it also um, continues to explain like other requests regarding Mother Three, such as including any fond memories. While working on the game, and one of these members sees the producer sharing how the series creator Shigi Sato Itoi helped rewrite all the placeholder text that was put there by the staff. He said that Itoi had changed the atmosphere of the game with his writing, and it was eye-opening to the developers. Oh. Hmm. But yeah, uh, what are your thoughts about this whole thing? Because I uh, honestly... We'd love to see Mother 3 brought over to the United States just so we can finally get these people to shut up about Mother 3. Yeah, um, so, uh, personally, I wouldn't mind it, of course. It's a, you know, it's a, uh, look into, um, something that, you know, some people couldn't, you know, enjoy, you know, like, uh, it's, sorry, it's, uh, it's a sequel to a game that nobody got to uh, experience uh, outside of Japan, um, except for um, that that uh, fan translation. But who knows if that fan translation, you know, it, it if there's anything inaccurate. <laughs> I guess. 
Oh, you know, of course. Um, I mean, it would be really nice if, like, either Nintendo, A, contacted the fan translator people, and they're like, yo, what, just use this and publish it on the eShop and make it official? Or B, find a, a capable translating team to be able to do this job. And obviously, like like you have mentioned, Alpaca, it would be really nice to have a you know this game that people have wanted for so long over finally brought over to an audience that you know would like to see it and not have it locked off to those who want to get through. I'd say illegitimate means. Yeah, I guess so. More more like unofficial means, I yeah. guess, because personally, I don't think piracy is immoral, but unfortunately, boomers. Anyways, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, that, and, or, what they could do, and this is really, like, mean, but they could just, like, uh, I don't know, sue the translation team and be like, <laughs> fuck you guys, by the way, can we have one of these ROMs? <laughs> We're gonna recode it. <laughs> oh my god, that would be truly evil if they did that, but... Uh, like sue them and then steal their work like i mean they have i think they have legal grounds to do that but oh that's scummy thank you we've seen nintendo already sue plenty of rom sites anyway so that'd be another it, they truly don't care about their fans i, I don't believe it that's what I'm saying is that nintendo makes some of the best game in the entire industry yet it treats its fans not the best like, another way you can see this, too, especially if you look at the Smash community, a lot of times, like, one time, they were just trying to host a tournament to try to get Melee played, and they were trying to use Slippy, which is a, what pretty much adds rollback netcode to freaking Melee, which produced better internet results than Smash Ultimate. Yeah, and we can't have that because it's better, and also because, eh, you know, this is our stuff. You can't enjoy a game that we don't even sell anymore um, being modded. Right. Exactly. So, but I would love to honestly see Mother 3 come to the United States and Europe, especially if they can figure out how to get throughout some of the controversial stuff that's in the game. Oh, um. Like what? Uh, if you don't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. There, there was controversial stuff in Mother Three. I, all, all I remember was there was controversial stuff. I don't exactly remember what it is. In fact, I guess while I'm here, I might as well look it up. Yeah, I'm looking up to um, uh, oh, I see. Yeah, I'm looking at a game section dot net or gaming section dot net. Uh, so people apparently theorize that it's too controversial for proper translation. Violent and disturbing things happen to children in the game. At one point, Lucas has hallucinogenic experience with mushrooms. Uh, that adds on to my, uh, uh, Taiku no, uh, whatever the fuck, festival thing. <laughs> that adds a lot of context. <laughs> Anyways, uh... They canceled it due to fears that the central theme of bereavement, uh, animal cruelty, drug use. Ah, oh, okay, I see. Uh, 
All right, then. Apparently, I mean, Nintendo does not want to make the most meaningful game in the entire planet. They want to keep their squeaky clean image like Disney does. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, but still, if they can figure out how to work around that or something, I'd love to see it. I mean, make it a dark and edgy remake. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Or maybe ask Square Enix to use the HD2D style while you're at it. Yeah. And then we can see, uh, uh, how Lucas's mom died. Yeah. Okay, that's spoiler territory, but still. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, anyways, we could just move on to the Microsoft App Store and the Activision Blizzard exclusivity situation. Woo! Oh, yes, I wanted to talk a lot about this. So once we get this loaded up here, we'll get right on to it, because, boy, we have some couple things to say about this. Oh, yeah. So, we have a couple things here. Obviously, Brad Smith, President and Vice Chair of Microsoft, made a, some interesting statements here. So, they mentioned some things about the regulations of, you know, trying to get active Blizzard. And they're trying to make a couple moves to try to make themselves seem more enticing so they can complete the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So, that way they could dump Bobby Kotick and bring back pure enjoy to Activision Blizzard games. I was at the dream of Alpaca. He wants Bobby Kotick gone. Mental image of <laughs> suplexing Bobby Kotick. <laughs> Anyways. Sees, like, almost every single episode end card as, like, the last, I don't know, like, eight episodes? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, images of suplexing Bobby Kotick in the uh, Resident Evil 4 HD project <laughs> mod. <laughs> like like a cultist. I don't know. Exactly. But yeah, so they're trying to make flex. some moves you for their app store. Let's take a look at what all this stuff means. So look down here. Is that they're trying to make the Apple app store more often open. Because, as you're seeing here, but too much friction is today between creators and gamers. App store policies and practices on mobile devices restrict what and how creators can offer games and what and how gamers can play them. Our large investment to act acquire Activision Blizzard further strains our resolve to remove this friction on behalf of creators and gamers alike. We want to enable world-class content to release every gamer more easily across every platform. We want to encourage more innovation investment in content creation and fewer constraints on distribution. Specifically, the world needs open app markets and this required open app stores. The principles we're announcing today reflect our commitment to this goal. Specifically, our open app store principles make commitments in four important areas. And you can see here, quality, safety, security, and privacy, accountability, fairness, and transparency, and developer choice. So if you look at the quality, safety, security, and privacy section, you'll see three points there. We will enable all developers to access our app store as long as they meet reasonable and transparent standards for quality and safety. We will continue to protect the consumers and gamers who use our app store, ensuring that developers meet our standards for security. 
We will continue to respect the privacy of consumers in our app stores, giving them controls to manage their data and how it's used. So, trans so translation. They want to make sure that they are transparent as possible. They want the users to be able to control how much data Microsoft receives. And there's accountability. We will hold our own apps to the same standards we hold competing apps. We will not use any non-public information or data from our app store to compete with developer apps. So pretty much translation is they don't want to do anything with uh, that would undermine other other apps from other developers that are not just Microsoft's. And that they will treat Photoshop the same as Paint. Um, and they wouldn't, um, you know, uh, hide it or make it, you know, uh, obviously like, uh, let's say, um, let's say I had paint and then I had Photoshop, Photoshop wouldn't like, uh, wouldn't be hidden down below the other suggestions in the app store. Correct. All right. So. Stuff like that, I guess, then. And did you have anything to say about the quality, safety, security, and privacy notes that I mentioned earlier? Yeah, I wanted to um go through all of these first, but... Yeah, um, uh, I'm gonna... If you want me to continue on with the later half, I will definitely do that. Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, when it comes to this, uh, the first um, quarter of this... Um... I, uh, I mean, it, it's really, you know, it, it's really just, you know, corporate speak in a, in a sense, but, you know, I do trust that they would, uh, you know, make sure there's nothing, uh, uh, I don't know, questionable. <laughs> like, I, I know the Sony's the PlayStation store, like, there's like, uh, there's like Grand Theft Auto like in Saudi Arabia and there's like a bunch of indie like Xbox Live Arcade type of uh uh poor games I guess <laughs> uh so yeah there's that <laughs> um so I'd hope that you know uh, it, I think like uh you know on Steam you know how they kind of have like a bunch of uh questionable games on Steam I'd hope that that wouldn't become the Microsoft store. <laughs> right. Uh, you can see this points of like e holding other apps equal to Microsoft by looking at the next two bullet points here, which is we will treat apps equally in our app store without unreasonable preferencing or ranking of our apps or our business partners apps over others. And we will be transparent about rules for promotion and marketing in our app store and apply these consistently and objectively. So in other words, they're going to allow developers to promote their app store and they're not going to prioritize their own apps or others. Oh, I see. Um, and, uh, consistently and objectively, I feel like consistently and objectively, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a lost trait in a lot of, um, you know, in a lot of companies, honestly, because, like, a lot of, some things are a bit, uh, uh, 
subjective and uh you know cons like i feel like uh you know um double standards are a problem nowadays i mean they've always been but you know uh so i i do appreciate that um but uh we will treat apps equally in our app store business partners apps over others hmm getting warmer what about developer choice yeah let's get to that one because here's the interesting thing we will not require developers in our app store to use our payment system to process in-app payments finally fortnite can be available on microsoft store yeah looking at you epic looking at you apple <laughs> that whole shenanigans yeah, now Epic Games can be like, oh, shoot. Um, yeah, we can just put that on there and give people another option to download the game if they didn't want to go through the Epic Games launcher. Yo, Microsoft. Cut that Fortnite, man. <laughs> anyway. We're going to have a Microsoft uh, skin for... We're going to have a Phil Spencer skin for Fortnite. Oh, my God. That actually be pretty amazing because they already did a Master Chief skin for, for Fortnite. Did. Oh, shit. I've been wanting to get that skin. Yeah. Make good deal. Yeah. Anyway. Because I, I wanted to get that Master Chief skin. Because I wanted to have that and then use it for the Series X with a black. They have a black skin. Black Spartan skin as well. We have the Series X and S. And I wanted that skin so badly. But I missed out on it. And I know that Kratos. But, oh well. Um, anyways. Yeah, for being a Sony pony. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not a fanboy. <laughs> right. Uh, the only fanboy alpaca is a fanboy of his PC Master Race. Yo, PC Master Race. <laughs> Yo, Intel. <laughs> AMD. Anyway. Yeah. Yo, AMD and that Ryzen Radeon. Anyway, I don't know. What, what is this accent that I've been doing? Yeah. Yo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude. Anyway. And then if I you look over back. here, yeah, if you look over here, it says, we will not require developers in our app store to provide more favorable terms in our app store than in other app stores. Again, Epic Games. You're looking at you. Anyway. <laughs> 10, we will not disadvantage developers if they choose to use a payment processing system other than ours or if they offer different terms and conditions in other app stores. Epic, we're looking at you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got that good stuff for you, Epic. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> and then, we will not prevent developers from communicating directly with their consumers through their apps for legitimate business purposes, such as pricing terms and product or service offerings. So, again, all this is saying that, hey, developers are having options to allow them to use other payment systems or whatever else you want to do. They perhaps just want to make the Microsoft Store at this point more of a forum for people to just download stuff rather than actually make it a legitimate store. Oh, I see. I, you know, actually, I would, I would, I would be, that would be crazy if they made like a, a sort of workshop, Steam Workshop esque sort of thing, you know. But it's more relegated to like full on modding, you know, or something. Yeah, again, imagine the like... Microsoft launcher actually had mod support, and then they could transfer all the Steam work. And certain games are available on Game Pass as well. The Steam Workshop, they Steam and Microsoft can go through like a little bit of a partnership, 
and be like, hey, we'll also carry over all of our mods from the games that are not that are available, also available on Game Pass. Over. That would be fucking cool. Oh my god. I'm I'm writing a letter directly to Mr. Microsoft and Mr. Valve. <laughs> we will have Mr. and Mr. Microsoft and Mr. Steam. I mean Mr. Valve. Uh, so Phil Spencer and Gabe Newell. Anyway, well, um, not only Phil Spencer, but also Satya Nadella, who is the the full CEO of Microsoft. Oh my god. What was his name again? <laughs> Sorry. Sasha um, Nadella. Uh, uh, Spotsy Bedebba. Uh, you're gonna. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, so, so you have to write a letter probably to Phil Spencer, Sasha Nadella, and Game Newell. Yeah, and then Mr. Uh, Valve himself. That's Game Newell. No, it's Gordon Freeman. <laughs> All right, but anyway, we look down. Full I was never seen it lit up like that. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say if we also recognize that emerging legislation will apply new rules to companies that run both run an app store and control the underlying operating system like Windows. Therefore, we are also committing to say that we will continue to enable developers to choose whether they want to deliver their apps for Windows through our app store from someone else's store or sideload directly from the internet. We will continue to give developers timely access to information about the interoperability interface for Windows that our own apps use, and we will enable Windows users to use alternate app stores and third-party apps, including by changing default settings in appropriate categories. Yeah. So, so holding their commits to things they already do. Yeah. Which, technically, we silo apps all the time on Windows without even realizing it. Oh, yeah. How do you think I'd get that HD project mod on Resi 4? I mean, how else could we get Steam? I mean... Or Google Chrome. Oh. Well, um... Or, in Alpaca's case, VTube Studio, or, or Fortnite. <laughs> or Discord, or OBS Studio, or VLC. Or Minecraft, anyway. Yeah, Minecraft is technically Microsoft owned if you use a Bedrock Edition, so I'm sure for me at least I'd redeem a code for the Microsoft Store. That's a little bit. Uh, but anyways, that's all good for the App Store. I think this is really good to see Microsoft be all very open with the App Store and kind of making it more of a form rather than a store. I'd like to sideload Cortana if you know what I mean. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> It's like, imagine if this was Cortana. I'm going to fuck. All right. Well, we can make the ultimate side load. We're going to do a triple side load. I'm gonna sideload a CD into your skull. <laughs> I'm gonna sideload a baby metal CD. What do you mean? I already have one in my freaking lunchbox. You wanna see it? Damn it. I 
No. Goodbye. Is that my helmet? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, uh, I mean, you want the helmet? <laughs> no, I want to uh, listen to uh, 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 the sweet sounds of baby metal gun firing in the distance. <laughs> Uh, alongside, uh, alongside the amazing sounds of uh, the Garcast gun, <laughs> dual wield, we and also listening to we're the only one here. We're the listening to Megalovania. <laughs> While also listening to uh, it on uh, Taiku no Sacha, or whatever it's called. <laughs> right. If it's also, on Steam, I should just get it to you on Steam. This fucking guy. It, it's on Steam? What? If that rhythm game's on Steam, I'm gonna get it to you through Steam. And I'm gonna uh, flip. Uh, Maybe not like, the Zelda saw, but at least the Megalomania would be out there. It'd be funny as hell. <laughs> but back to Microsoft over here. So you mentioned all these outlines for all this App Store stuff, but I did, I guess, like we mentioned before, it's great to see them be very open. But they also explain the exclusivity deal with Activision Blizzard titles. And this is exactly what, and I'm, we're going to read these two paragraphs here that explicitly detail what they're going to do. First, some commentators have asked whether we will continue to make popular content like Activision's Call of Duty available on competing platforms like Sony PlayStation. The obvious concern that Microsoft could make this title available exclusively on the Xbox console undermine opportunities for Sony PlayStation users. That's just a little introductory paragraph there, but this is the most important paragraph. To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. We are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers, and for our business. Which can only mean one thing. Uh, we can now enjoy Call of Duty on the go once again. Woo! And the full experience. Woo! Now, this sounds really amazing. Like, to see, like, they want to expand to Nintendo's platform and play continue to support PlayStation. This is all amazing news. However, some may consider this to be a bit of a PR speak to try and make it so they can get Activision Blizzard and then also keep them exclusive Xbox after the contract ends. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, 
I had similar uh, questions or uh, transgressions, I guess. I don't know. I was... Mm, I mean, they don't have to promise this. <laughs> so, yeah. Unless there's, like, a legal thing. But yeah. they do say down here that they might do that they're probably gonna do it beyond the uh the uh contract mm-hmm which uh, they publicly beyond state this state. and on top of it too like put it in this exclusive so, uh, this press release this is likely gonna mean that I don't I, know this, they're, it's leading Maybe. towards they're gonna keep know. it going I don't really even have a PlayStation to worry about though, so that's always uh is always just like uh you know uh don't really have to worry too much, but you know. Exactly, because you're part of the PC Master Race. Don't rub it in. Well you're mostly PC Master Race, you also have an Xbox. Yeah, that I don't even use anymore. I almost gave it away yesterday. Sorry. That's funny. Um, But looking at all this all together, like, what are your thoughts about Microsoft trying to make their app store more open and then trying to keep Activision Blizzard games available on other platforms? Okay, so, um... I mean, it's a... It's... To say one thing, there has to be action behind it, you know, so I'm happy about it, of course, but, you know, um, it's always, uh, it's always good to have, you know, uh, choice, I guess, you know, and have, uh, more, uh, I guess, open rights, I guess. Um, I just hope it is applied, you know? Exactly. And looking at what Microsoft is saying for Activision Blizzard, while there could be the concern that they might just backtrack on a lot of this stuff, I have a feeling that they, based off the language they're using, that this is actually something they're going to pursue. Yeah, I think so too. It's just there's always uh, something to, uh, you know, you always got to kind of take it with a slight grain of salt, I guess. But, um,. You know, I think it is going to happen. I just always be 95%, never all in, you know. Of course. And then just keep in mind this means that we could we could try and nag Epic Games to bring Fortnite to Windows Store. Woo! Uh, yeah. I mean, at least they're, you know, uh, trying to connect with fans in a good way, you know. Not in like a trendy way. I guess. Exactly. I mean, While there seems to be a bit of trendiness, judging that from the fact this is also particularly timed at which there was legislation trying to target the third-party app stores and Apple and Google for their stranglehold in the app store markets, at least yeah. it seems like this also is partially true intention as well. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's not as trendy as creating a fucking giant metaverse and saying oh yeah by the way these developers they can make their own metaverse part they can make they they now own this land in the metaverse or something i don't know well 
That means we have to talk about Beta Nerco then. As Beta Namco is making its own $130 million IP metaverse. Oh. I know. The immediate sad face that, al that the alpaca is making right now. I. I. I I'm going to uninstall Pac Man. You have to, but there is one exception to that rule is that you have to buy that tattooed rhythm game. Correction. <laughs> I can decline your gift. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, um, all right. Well, first of all, Metaverse. I don't know why my screen share is dealing with two people and having asses that constantly fluctuate in size. But besides that... Wh what? <laughs> see the see the video version when that comes out. <laughs> but, oh my god, it's the weirdest thing. I'm sorry for all my viewers who had to deal with that freaking ad down below. But anyways... So, Bandai want to do this in order to connect its fans through its IP, enhancing IP value and making its products expand worldwide to improve sales outside Japan. And it's saying that Bandai will develop a metaverse for each IP as a new framework for connecting with fans. In the IP metaverse, we are anticipating virtual spaces that will enable customers to enjoy a wide range of entertainment on IP access. As well as frameworks that leverage Bandai Namco's distinctive strengths to fuse physical products and venues with digital elements. We are aiming for open frameworks that provide venues for connection with and among fans and business partners. Through the IP metaverse, we will establish communities along among Bandai Namco and fans, as well as among fans themselves. Through these communities and content, we will build deep, broad, multifaceted connections that continue for long periods of time, and we will focus on the quality of those connections. In this way, we will work to maximize IP value over the medium to long term. And according Where do I start? Sorry. Where do you start? Um, <laughs> just buy Pac-Man games up? and Pac-Man NFTs, and also... Play Tekken and Soul Calibur. Woo! Soul <laughs> Calibur! Also, also anyway. buy Tales of Arise as well. I heard that's a really good JRPG. Yeah. And then, um. Uh, wait for the IP to come out. And then. You know. And then uh, and then go on what will probably be Bandai Namco's version of VR chat and have fun. Yeah. What? And I can now canonically have Pac-Man and Link meet each other because of Soul Calibur on the GameCube. Woo! Anyway. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, Bandai Namco entering the metaverse? Uh, uninstall. No, I'm just kidding. Up. Uh, I don't know. It's another. It's another thing. 
you know, it's another metaverse thing. I don't have much to say. Uh, it's whatever, I guess. Right. I uh, hear you. It I'm is looking for that fucked up advertisement that you were looking at. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch the video verse to find out what the stupid thing I saw. It, it's just literally like two people have, it's just the ass focusing on two people's asses and it's just like there's the size of the asses keep fluctuating. It was the weirdest ad ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with this, I guess. Like having a, a giant, like, uh, Bandai Namco cinematic universe, I guess. <laughs> well, it looks like what they're trying to do, they're trying to make what essentially is a place where you can connect with fans and business partners in what they call the metaverse, or aka, what will eventually be VR Chat Plus. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or. I, but... You could meet your favorite characters, see why Pac-Man exists, talk to him in his uh, journey, I guess, through uh, Pac-Man world. <laughs> right, you could. Or something. Well, I did get, un let me see if I can pull it out, but I did get a new Pac-Man game. Out. Oh, great. Well, then again, that's technically a retro game. Where have I seen the metal fucking figurine? Probably has like a... Probably has like a... Uh, baby metal thing. He's gonna pull out now. Definitely has nothing Max to do Nope, man. it's not that one. I know it. I swear he's gonna pull out baby metal. That's a freaky... Um... Let's see. No, it's Paul, but that's a good game, too. Um, He's gonna show me a Bandai Namco uh, Baby Metal Rocksmith game. This fucking guy, I swear. He's going to do it. I, I see that. Well, unfortunately for me, it's somewhere else. So I can't necessarily uh, show it to you right now. Sad face. Well, I mean... As long as it wasn't a uh, Bandai Namco X Baby Metal uh, uh, Guitar Hero game, uh, I think I'm all set. It was going to be a copy I recently received of Pac-Man. I think it was like a Pac-Man World 2 or something. It was a Genesis game I recently got. Yeah, yeah um, I think I remember... Uh, Watching gameplay of that on like a, a, a stream, one of my streamers. Uh, is it the one where he looks like he does on the arcade cabinet, and like you know, is... the color of the game essentially had him on a paraglider. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I don't know where I exactly put it, but me in a future episode, I'll show it off. It's in the Bandai topic, but I mean, in the I, I was terrified you were going to pull up another metal figurine. I was like in the background. I mean, for I was, those like, who not be baby metal, 
better now. Just go, just go play some of these games. Maybe get them used. Yeah. If you don't want to support NFT adventures, please. Anyways. I mean, we could also just get Tatsun that rhythm game and just buy that subscription self packs like 500 freaking dogs. Yeah, and then create a Baby Metal X Tatsuni Miku mod. <laughs> and then um, I watch, uh, instead of dancing dogs doing the Egyptian, it's now uh, physical hologram copies of uh, the Baby Metal crew. Exactly. And Hatsune Miku singing, and my eyes bleeding. Anyways, um, while the metaverse is cool and all, we can also talk about platinum games. They've been showing off some. Itch they've been mentioning in some interviews some interesting things, like wanting to create a live service game, and also trying to work with Microsoft again on Scalebound. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wants the company to create larger and riskier games and suggest that Project GG could be live service. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, um, I, I like the idea that a larger and uh you know uh, like a, a larger game that would take a few years but churning out like fine wine <laughs> yeah platinum games is usually known for making high quality like action games like bayonetta bayonetta yeah and stuff like that but they have also mm -hmm. done a lot of partnerships their most recent their one of their most well-known games as well is near automata heard of that yeah that that game actually was one of the main game that saved him from being going bankrupt hmm. yeah they were almost about to go bankrupt or something like that they weren't doing well but then near automata came out and it pretty much restored their fortunes now larger and riskier games are we talking bayonetta breath of the wild <laughs> Well, to be fair, a lot of uh, the Bayonetta games actually have been published with Nintendo as well. And then Nintendo also owns Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, put two and two together, maybe we could have a Bayonetta outfit in the next Breath of the Wild game. Certainly. Or... Princess Zelda is Bayonetta. Actually, that did happen characters. in the Wii U cut versions of Bayonetta. Or whatever. They actually had Princess Peach costumes. Oh, I, I should shut my mouth on because I'd create uh, a horror game instead. Somehow. Yeah, because Bayonetta actually had a costume that she dresses up as Princess Peach, I believe. So... I mean, it's a thing, I guess. I, I like seeing characters cosplay, but, uh... Eh. 
I don't know. Then again, you can also play a Bayonetta in Smash Brothers. Yeah, and then you could pallet swap, or you could move swap, and then create abominations, like uh, Captain Pikachu. But the sad thing, though, is Bayonetta. I was say the sad thing is the fact they moved custom moves in Ultimate. Oh. Beside the Me Fighters. Yeah. So that way you can make Sans be whoever you want Sans to be. You could make uh, guys sans. Right. Zio is sans. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Anyway, let's get back to the focus of this whole thing here. So, pretty much, co company founder Atsushi Inaba discussed his promotion in a recent interview with Mitsu. And interview interview, he appeared to suggest a larger focus on live service games. He said he would like the company to create more games that can be enjoyed and loved for a longer period of time. And they mentioned that Kamiya's Pride GT was mentioned, and it's that and it's desired to create titles that are different from the past. And they mentioned that Project GG is still in the stage of testing various things, so I can't tell you much about it. But when it comes to future game production, we want to focus on creating games that are different from the past. I would like to focus on creating games that can be enjoyed and loved for a longer period of time. Of course, we would like to cherish and create small but brilliant conceived games such as Soul Cresta and games in which you could play enjoy the process of clearing the game by going through one-off well-designed stages as Bayonetta. However, the products that we are trying to create for the future will be different in terms of their structure. Considering the changes in the market over the next five years or so, I think it's absolutely necessary for us to do this. I'm sorry for being so vague, but I think that's all I can tell you right now. I see. So... <laughs> do you have any thoughts about... Oh, he also mentioned that he was also asked how he tends to run the studio and now he's CEO. And now he said he'd like to take more risks on larger, more unique titles. He mentioned that Kenichi Sato laid the foundation for the company, but I'd like to return to the original ethos of Platinum Games. And we can longer create new ways to play, then there's no reason for us to exist. And if that happens, I think it would be better to dissolve the company, no matter how profitable it is. I'd like to go back to our raisin disher and create new games on a large scale in a more pure manner in the past even if we wanted to create our own ip it was difficult to do so and if we would it would be on a very small scale we could only make indie class products in the future i'd like to get rid of all of that and make larger games from our ideas and succeed in at least one thing I want to leave Pile Games in a direction that is pure and unadulterated and never look back. I think that's my role now. Right. So what are um, your thoughts on all this stuff? Uh, so, um... <clears throat> I, I see what, you know, what the, uh, the struggle is uh, when it comes to, like, uh, you know, indie class products um you know uh i i uh i think with um larger scale games though uh you know 
what if they, uh, you know, what if they work on um, something like lore building, like uh, like a uh, maybe like an RPG series, I guess. I don't know. Like, what if they uh, like, because. Um, like, uh, considering that uh, Project GG is rumored to be a live service type game, I wonder if it could be like uh, almost like an MMORPG, but not really, <laughs> I guess. It could um, also just take the direction of something maybe like Assassin's Creed, which is largely a single player focused game that happens to have like, a consistent amount of DLC content, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But um, maybe not I, as aggressive? Yeah. Um, I also, when I think of larger scale games, I think of games that have a, uh, you know, you can feel the, uh, you can feel that these games have, like, they aren't one-dimensional. You can really tell that um, there is, there is life that you know like when you make a game that you can tell that these things are live or, or that are that are full of life even though they're you know a bunch of pixels if you can have emotions from them that's a good game you know um but with uh you know having constant um dlc though i, I worry about the drip feeding thing you know how um some you know how uh, some uh, games are just drip-fed content, and it's it's a it's a slog waiting for it to complete, and then uh, I would be a little bit worried about that because uh, when it comes to uh, stuff like I guess like with COD, uh, I got bored of it pretty pretty quickly because the core features were drip-fed into the game instead of being a thing at launch, you know, um, but when it came to, like, uh, full feature, you know, I, I didn't have to wait for, uh, I'd say, I, d I don't have to wait for, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 to be finished, like, as I'm already purchasing and owning the game. I could buy it day of release, and without a few, with a bit of patches, I guess, or whatever, day one patch, whatever, uh, I could enjoy the story all the way through. I didn't have to wait for Rockstar to finish the other chapters, I guess. Um, on the contrary of Grand Theft Auto Online, though. Tint. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean... I wouldn't mind seeing what they have got in store. I, it's very vague. I can't really, you know, say much more than what's already uh, been hinted at, you know, I guess. You know, I, I, I don't know what Platinum Games has in store, but it's interesting that they wouldn't, you know, that they would uh, uh, move on um, from, you know, what I guess is... Uh, you know how he says like it like uh, uh in the beginning you know how um you know how uh they started off as like uh more um you know he wanted to go back to the roots i guess right pretty much
Yeah, something like that, from what I understand. Because I know that Platinum does a lot of, like, like I said, mostly focusing more on action games. They've done, like, Bayonetta, Wonderful 101. They are recently done Babylon's Fall. They're also doing Near Automata. And Babylon's Fall is also leading towards a live server. That's probably because of more of Square Enix than anything else. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see... Um... I'd like to see a new IP that is not, um, that is not a, you know, a one-off, I guess, like they say, uh, if they are going in this direction, not just, uh, um, repurposing, I guess, uh, an old franchise. Yeah, because I know that either Tencent or NetEase, I believe one of those two companies, they've put investment into Platinum Games, so whatever... I this project GT is end up going to be is it going to be IP they would actually own because stuff like Bayonetta and Near Automata etc. Those are all IP that other companies own. And yes, Platinum Games does is the main developer and the creator behind things like Astral Chain and Bayonetta. But Nintendo practically owns those IPs. They they don't own that shit. Yeah. I, so to I have something you. they can truly own and just be proud of, which is something that you know, would be good to see. Yeah, because the way I see it is that they are very much indie. You know, they are uh, relying on these bigger companies to make their games more heard, I guess, you know, by by brand recognition, you know. Um, so having its own, uh, you know, foot in the door instead of uh, allowing others to kind of build it up which you know in the sense that they created it, but they're they don't really own it i guess or they you know work on it but they don't really uh have the ability to take it uh any further than they can i see what they mean then with like uh being very indie you know nowadays yeah and they want to move on from that and uh, i guess build up a little bit bigger than um than they uh, initially were. True. And while they may want to move on to bigger things, they also still want to do these sort of things, as, as you can see here, they also want to try and get back together with Xbox to make Scalebound. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um... Hmm. I, uh... I saw that, um see that uh i uh i don't know um this is a i don't know um i wouldn't mind to see scalebound actually released but um g give me one second sorry uh, continue on it's just uh um sorry it's I, fine i, I, I jump the gun i'm sorry it's fine but as they say in the article you know it's just like i'd like to appeal to phil spencer directly let's do it phil they also mentioned how and that how inaba made it clear that this isn't an idle wish and they'd like to reopen talks with microsoft about the idea they mentioned often in an interview you might hear developer play saying yes if we have the opportunity we'd love to work on that again but we don't mean it in that way both kamia and i are serious we would 
We really would love to work on Scalebound again. I'd like to discuss it with Microsoft properly. And Kamiya went further. Development had progress a fair way. And it seems pointless for Microsoft to just hold on to that and not do anything with it. So, obviously, it seemed like Platinum Games is eager to get back to Scalebound. And, you know, with Microsoft holding the IP, and now that Phil Spencer's kind of focusing more on GamePad rather than the game sales, this would potentially allow Scalebound to do decent. And at top of two, Microsoft doesn't have a lot of Japanese support for Game Pass and Xbox in general. So it'd be nice to have, you know, Scalebound up here on the service and be something that could continue to thrive on Game Pass. I hear you. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I, I have I have noticed that there like Xbox is a lot of uh Western uh you know uh Microsoft themselves, you know, feel uh don't don't seem to uh tap into that uh Eastern market, you know. I feel they don't really uh um they don't have as much of a foothold in there. So I wouldn't mind seeing scale bound, uh you know uh, revisited, you know? I mean, I know people were, um, I know people were interested in Scalebound. I mean, it wouldn't have, you know, it would, it wouldn't have, uh, uh, been a, um, I would have never heard of Scalebound if it weren't for the fact that it got cancelled and people were upset over it. So. <laughs> I think what a lot of people were excited about with Scalebound was that it was Microsoft's attempt at partnering with a well-established developer to make a Japanese game for the Xbox. And, yeah. and one of, another reason why a lot of people were excited was because it was something different than what Microsoft had at the time. And this was before Microsoft was gobbling up, like, a bunch of studios. Yeah, definitely. That's what made the deal very exciting in this essentially Scalebound come back would be a like it's that like we we've saying would be a very interesting thing to see definitely but while people are while platinum games trying to focus on trying to revive scalebound something major got shut down in terms of the US army yeah um not not the army itself but uh no tool yeah so that, uh... yeah so there's a controversial u.s government back shooter called america's army and it had multiple iterations since 2002 and they were built on unreal engine thanks epic <laughs> thanks epic for building a engine that would be used to power a and uh military recruitment tool yep or propaganda in some people's eyes. Not mine, but, you know, it's a little... Uh... Anyway, so according to an official blog post, the game represented the first large-scale use of game technology by the U.S. government as a platform for strategic communication and recruitment, and the first use of game technology to support U.S. Army recruiting. And over 20 million players have taken part in 180 million successful missions. At the time Pat and American Army has fulfilled a mission, it is time and ships are focused to other new and innovative ways to assist the Army with 
comms and recruitment. Oh, this is funny. For players on PlayStation, the store page is set to be removed and the game will no longer be available for purchase. Online play will cease to function, though existing players should be able to play offline. For PC players via Steam, privately owned servers will continue to be accessible, but official servers and player stats will be shut down. Land parties. Woo! So apparently, this is something that you two can play. I'm gonna look it up right now. I, I literally had, uh, oh my god, America's Army Proving Grounds. It's for free! <laughs> oh my god, let me cop it. <laughs> I agree! I'll pack a to claim I read a game before it shuts down. Oh my god. Do you have what it takes to train like a U.S. Army soldier? Uh, no. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. You want me to do like push-ups twenty-four-seven whenever you say it? Oh, fuck, fuck that. Shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um. Anyways. Uh. Oh wow. Um. Wow, I can play this on a quad-core CPU. Wait, what? Is this a 32-bit application? What is this memory? What? Why is it so low? Anyway, um, I just copped it. <gasps> it's downloading! <laughs> what is this community content? Uh, uh, sneaky! Sneaky spot. <laughs> um. Okay. Wow, it looks like a PlayStation Two game. Well, anyway. keep in mind it's been initial release since two thousand two. Oh. Well. Uh, it looks like CS:GO. Um, but. Uh, it it's trying its best to be Modern Warfare twenty nineteen. Anyways, um, sorry, uh, I, I'm gonna try it out, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, uh, it, it, it's for free, it can't be that bad, yes it can. Watch as the United States Army just goes up to freaking Alpaca's house and be like, yo, you're going, you're going, you're going to join the army. No, I, I, I would... I, I don't want to be in the draft. I, fuck you, selective service. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I can't believe I got one. Like, in my physical state, uh, I don't understand how the fuck I got... Um, how, I, how I had to fill out the selective service thing. I am... not mentally well. Physically, no. Spiritually, also no. Anyways, um, uh, I'm gonna play it now. It doesn't even have a Steam, like, uh, thing. That's uh, funny. play, launch, host a dedicated server. Uh, no. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I have it downloaded. I'm going to play it in my spare time and make a um, make a YouTube video and then get drafted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then literally go down to my recruitment station um, and be like, hey, can I join the Navy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then they're like, uh, sir, why are you half drunk? Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so, honestly, just looking at all of this, it's just like, yeah, it does suck that a game is being lost, but a game is being forced as a recruitment tool. I mean, is this really something that, you know, is truly valuable that's going to be lost to time? It won't be lost to time because I downloaded it. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not losing it. I, I feel. I, I don't think I. I mean, I don't think I lost out because of it. I, I. I. I mean, in some eyes, it's propaganda, and in some eyes, it's like a military shooter, like COD or something. And I know, like, oh, it's been cited that oh, I joined it because of video games or something. And, I mean. I don't know. I can't really. I can't really fault it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing, I guess. <laughs> it, it's like any other game, I guess, you know. Yeah. Like it's any other military shooter. You wanna, you know, you know, uh, join the military. There you go. But it's a lot more different than just you know you get a rifle immediately and you do a bit of, you know, target shooting. You know. You... Yeah. Oh, it's a lot rougher than you think. Um, so I mean, no, I don't really, I don't really, uh, I don't really care too much, I guess. But then again, also game preservation. So uh, it's, yeah. you know, I, eh, I don't know. Right. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> on one hand, though, let's look at how could the U.S. Army actually evolve. The recruitment process using technology. What could they do? You think they could try and use like some sort of VR AR technology sort of game? Maybe they could take if it's actually made by the art government or some other team that does American Army. Maybe they could do an America's Army VR game. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind uh seeing a. I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing this um, be expanded upon, but like as like a VR um, uh, game. But honestly, I I uh, I don't know. I mean, they shouldn't have taken it down. They should have just like uh, well, they should have like uh, released a uh, America's Army Two or something. You know, or like do a like, complete like built up remake of it or something. Yeah, I feel like they that would uh kind of work because well, yeah. And then again, if you do a complete remake, you have the opportunity of redoing the simulation aspects to make it more realistic bullet drop and everything from all the different guns. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, eh. Right. But if it did in VR, uh, then you actually have 
proper timing for magazine loading and everything, because then you can actually make it as realistic as possible. Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, a side, side, uh, side, uh, thing. Um, I, I just had a strange, like, nostalgic, uh, memory pop in my head. There was a military shooter that I remember, uh, seeing an advertisement for, and instead of headshots only, it was nutshots only. That is all. Good night. <laughs> Imagine getting shot testicle pilot. <laughs> Anyways, wait, wait, wait. uh Metallica song. getting shut down uh, we'll talk about some spacex starlink satellites getting destroyed by some geomagnetic storms uh yeah um is this why i couldn't watch um law and order svu last night <laughs> i don't think it's meant for that <laughs> but anyways so, they're saying as many as 40 satellites from a recent launch will disintegrate as they re-enter Earth's atmosphere. Okay. And they're saying how last week, SpaceX sent 49 Starlink satellites up on a Falcon 9 from Kennedy Space Center. It was becoming a rather routine operation for Elon Musk's space flight company. SpaceX has launched over 2,000 Starlink satellites since 2018 in an attempt to bring high-speed satellite internet to all corners of the globe, and particularly to those where access has typically been limited. Yeah, so imagine if Elon Musk got some internet down to Nebraska so that those with T-Mobile can actually use Wi-Fi calling. That is so great. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> oh my god. It it's just sad. I, I you know, actually I think my cable is powered by like internet or something. So I, that might have actually been why <laughs> that actually might have been why I like every once in a while there's just this pop up that says like video unavailable. And uh, you know, now all I can think is a satellite hurtling down into my backyard. And then, um, you know, waking up and then, um, you know, uh, becoming a ghoul from Fallout because of the radiation or something. <laughs> like, imagine if the radi if the satellite literally fell in your backyard and all you just had to do was make a video about the satellite in your backyard. I'd probably get, like, compensation from Elon Musk and have two Teslas and a few other, uh, you know, a few other uh, Elon Musk gadgets. <laughs> I guess. The flamethrower? 
flamen <laughs> You know about the Elon Musk, the the Tesla flamethrowers? Yes, and I, uh, are are they still legal to like own and use? Let's see. I actually should look this up. I, you know, now that you mention it, is that legal? Um, Tesla Lime. The Blame pork company. Uh, wow. I only needed to pay 500 bucks. Wow. You know, this looks a lot like a, uh... <laughs> looks like a plasma rifle from something like Titanfall. You know, this looks a lot like, uh, an airsoft gun that I know that I... It's not one that I own, but I see it every once in a while. And, you know, I'm gonna compare the two. Because, uh, M4... Uh, like what the hell? It it looks like the CSI S like Star XR five. Like, give me one second. So, like, oh, holy shit, that's so identical almost. Like, look at look at that, and then let me just show. Let me send you a link to Evike. Like they look almost the same. They wait. They are the same. Look. Holy shit! They are the same. I'm having a fucking like. Oh my god! They really do look. Oh my god! Dude, like, what the fuck? It literally is the Tesla flamethrower. Holy shit. Yeah, imagine they actually kept making those flamethrowers. Ah. Uh. It'd be funny if you actually been able to buy one, because now they're worth like twenty thousand dollars on eBay. So we missed our chance of getting flamethrowers. I I just I can't. It is like this isn't. The, uh, it looks so much like it. I think it is. Anyways, let's yeah, yeah, let's get back to satellites. Although flamethrower would have been fun to talk about too. But it, it's an airsoft gun too. Anyway, sorry. But anyways, it says after a launch on Thursday, a geomagnetic storm slammed into Earth's atmosphere, and they're caused by the sun spewing out solar wind particles that eventually crash into Earth. The particles mess with the planet's magnetic field and disrupt satellites, increasing drag and messing with their orbits. <laughs> oh. And that's what happened with 40 of these Starlink satellites. Hmm. 
So Alan, <laughs> when the geomagnetic storm hit Earth last week, increased atmospheric drag on the batch of satellites. SpaceX quickly shucked the satellites into safe mode and flew them edge on to minimize the drag. And it says to co- take cover from the storm, but it's preliminary analysis show the satellites never came out of safe mode and it can't raise their orbit. Oh, okay. And, say space, so... and the continue on to so SpaceX said the satellites will re-enter or already have entered the Earth's atmosphere on Tuesday, effectively ending their short lives. When the satellites collide with the atmosphere, they're designed to burn up entirely so no debris reaches the ground. Uh, so we can't have you have a satellite in your backyard. That's sad. I, I wish I could, uh, you know, get compensation. Um, <laughs> but as you were like, trying to say uh, earlier, uh, so take cover from the storm. Is this a Fortnite reference? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I I just uh, I mean. I'm just, uh, I don't know, I find it interesting that they, like, uh, they're programmed to avoid this, but they, they glitched out. Um, uh, so, um, I don't know. I just, uh, hope if anybody gets an outage that, uh, it gets dealt with quick. Right. I don't think this is going to affect the consumer side much. This is mostly affecting SpaceX. Oh, I see. So, is this why Amazon Web Services keeps on crashing? Anyways, sorry. That would be funny if that was the case, but no, I don't think that's the case. This is specifically for Starlink uses. Okay. It's SpaceX uses Never mind. Because so <sighs> SpaceX's primary goal is to get us to Mars. <laughs> So we could colonize it and do stupid stuff on there, make it Earth too. Yeah. Um. But should we make yeah. it an Earth too? <laughs> as long as it's not a scam, then uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> yes, that Earth too. Uh, I mean, personally, I don't think we should colonize Mars. I think we should, like... I mean, can you colonize Mars? Um, and also, I, I think we should, like, try to find a good exoplanet. Not, like, have a uh, an inhabitable zone that's just outside this barrier that any moron could shoot out with an RPG and kill us all. <laughs> Magic going to Mars. The first... The only thing you bring is an RPG. What stupid things do you do with the RPG? Smuggling underneath your coat. It's like... <laughs> it's just... All of a sudden, you just, like... Um... All of a sudden... They're just, like... I don't know, space, um... Space, uh... I don't know, um... Control or whatever the people that, uh... Detain you for having... Uh, legal uh, things. Uh, they they just notice a giant bulge in your pants, and then they're like, <laughs> you know, sir, <laughs> sir, uh, what what are you what are you smuggling, <laughs> sir? 
Are, are you smuggling something, or are you, uh... Am I, am I actually that hot? I have a very low self-esteem opinion of me, so I think it's the first one. Just kidding. It is me. And I am going to, uh... Uh, make Mars colonized again. Uh, sorry, I don't know. I thought you wanted to go up for the move. It's like, uh, hey, uh, what do you have in there? And they try to confiscate you free boots, and all you do is just in the RPG, just towards like the back of the the the, the craft. Am I out of touch? No, I'm out of time. <laughs> Destroy the entire air Everybody is like, so long, fuckers. So long, fuckers. The Mario 64 reference. So long, motherfuckers. But yeah, it's like Kaya Slug stinks out. SpaceX is only slightly stung from the progress of being able to get their Mars. Oh, yeah. But while that may be the case, you know, they're stuck on Mars. Speaking of space, let's talk about how the James Webb Telescope managed to capture some images of a star. Oh, yeah, we talked about this before. Oh, my God. The future. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the future. So future. <laughs> Sorry. So you can see that the, uh, accordingly, the James Webb Telescope has finally captured its first image of a star, or rather images. NASA shared a mosaic of pictures shown above of a star taking the primary mirror 18 segments. It says, it looks like seemingly random collection of blurry dots, but that's precisely what the mission team was expecting. The imagery will help scientists finish the lengthy mirror alignment process using the telescope's near-infrared camera, or NIRCAM. The first stage is nearly complete as of this writing. So if you scroll above, you can see the collage of images that it has captured. I see. Initial yeah. alignment mosaic. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of just a bunch of dots, but, you know. It's a mosaic, they say, so it's... It's getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there, I guess. You know. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, they look like pretty highly detailed dots, though, I can tell you that much. Yeah, but, you you know, you could just kind of get to think, you know, this is from, like, light years away, I think, right? Yeah. Like, how it, far away is this? It doesn't exactly mention. Since the visual cut came from a 25-hour effort that pointed the James Webb Telescope to 156 different positions and produced 1,560 images with an NIR cam sensors, the team created the mosaic using the signature of each mirror segment in a single frame. Visual artifacts come from using the infrared camera at temperatures well above for the frigid conditions the telescope will need for scientific observation. And what you see here isn't entirely of the mosaic. The full resolution snapshot is over two gigapixels. That's a big pixel. Anyway, 
Sorry. So you thought our <laughs> megapixels on our phones seem impressive? No, this is gigapixels. Yeah, and and um, this is. And you like... can see here it says primary mirror selfie. Yeah. This is like sticking a bunch of cell cell phones together. Literally like taking one wide shot. And it also the NASA also provided rare real world glimpse at the Jane Bluff telescope in action. The agency provided a selfie of the primary mirror middle created by a pupil imaging lens from the NIR cam. This too is blurry, but it offers a valuable look at the fully deployed mirror and helps explain the importance of the of alignment. Notice how just one segment is blurry lit is brightly lit by a star. It's the only one aligned with that celestial body. It will take a while before all segments are operating in concert. Research expects the first scientifically useful images from the from the telescope in the summer. So while right now all we're getting is alignment images, it shows that this telescope is going to eventually lead to something really great. Here's hoping. And finally, then we can use it to look into the past. Yeah, without using our minds. Or anger video game nerd. Who's gonna take you back to the past? <laughs> I just like you suddenly mentioned that. Play the shitty games I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the James Rolfe Telescope. Maybe that's what it should have been renamed to. Not the James Webb Telescope, but the James Rolfe Telescope. <laughs> I mean, he is going to take you back to the past, so... <laughs> yeah, because then we can the light to trace back and see when the NES first came out. Yes. <laughs> we, we could see the Sony Nintendo prototypes. <laughs> Through and microscopic alignment. Yes. We we need to do a cover of the AVGN theme. And then we need to do a montage of the James Rolfe telescope Woo! and its findings. <laughs> and then when James Rolfe, James Rolfe sees uh, our creation... Um, you know, he's gonna look at it and be like, "These two, this, this furry, and this, this random dude. <laughs> what were they thinking?" <laughs> Anyways, oh, <laughs> I mean, hey. At least we'll have fair use. You know. Where were they thinking? <laughs> we'll get the license for it. Unlike, uh... Unlike Bowser, who just... Uh... Whatever. You know. Oh, our good friend Gary Bowser. No. Let's not get him mixed we're up. We're not affiliated. Shut no. up. We're not affiliated with them. I do not want to get... <laughs> I, do, I do not want to be associated with this guy. Now, to be fair, so long, Gary Bowser. <laughs> I was say now, to be fair, um, 
This is not Doug Bowser, who is the CEO, the president of Nintendo of America. He's the much cooler dude. So long, Doug Bowser. No, I'm just kidding. This guy is the whole definition of an asshat. I guess so. I mean, well, maybe not asshat, you know, but still. Well, I mean, you know, he uh, pretty much, uh, you know, uh, stole, uh, you know, um, sold illegal devices for, you know, hacking consoles for piracy purposes. Um, hmm. I mean, yeah, honestly, you know, honestly, eh, I guess. <laughs> All right, so take a look over here. It says, the public face of a notorious video game piracy group was sentenced today, well, at the time, February 10th, to 40 months in prison for two federal felonies, announced U.S. Attorney Nick Brown. And Gary Bowser, a 52-year-old, who is a Canadian national of Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, pleaded guilty in October 2021 to conspiracy to circumvent technological measures and to traffic and circumvention devices and trafficking in circumvention devices. And as Robert S. Lasnick said, these are serious criminal offenses with real victims and harm to the community. I say the piracy scheme is estimated to have caused more than $65 million in losses to vegan companies. But the damage goes beyond these businesses, harming big game developers and the small creative studios whose products and hard work is essentially stolen where games are pirated. Yeah, so think of like uh, Shovel Knight, but not paying for Shovel Knight or any other indie game. Think of it like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not as simple as, uh, you know, pirating Mario Bros, I guess. Right. Da, 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 da. Sorry. And then we're also talking about the same developer, Shovel Knight, who did Mina the Hollower, which we talked about last week. Oh, yeah. I haven't got a chance to check out the demo, but I will, because, my God, it looks so cool. Right. Anyway, so, he's part of this group called Team Executor, who, for many of those who know the Switch, makes special hacking devices to make, to add homebrew capabilities to the Switch. So, many of the older Switches, you could easily have gone... Pretty much a, what a lot of people would do back in the olden days with the Switch when it first launched. Specifically, you have to have the original Switch, not the V2 Switch, but like the original, original Switches. They used a stock NVIDIA Tegra X1. They didn't use like a proprietary version of it. They used a stock NVIDIA X1. So, people were able to figure out easily how to hack this thing in like day one. I see. And on top of it, too, you have to keep in mind that it was, this was back in the day which you could take a paperclip and use it to enable homebrew. I'm not even joking. Yeah. I mean, hey, some things are, uh, you know, I mean, hey, I could uh, take a paperclip and uh, instantly become a felon. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But then you also had Team Executor who made devices, particularly for the later version of the Switches, to yeah. do more things. And actually become a felon. Yeah. So, pretty much, 
Team Executor is comprised of over a dozen individual members located around the world. These members include developers who exploit vulnerabilities in being unconscious and design circumvention devices, website designers who create the various websites that promote the enterprise devices, suppliers who manufacture devices, and resellers around the world who sell and distribute the devices. Bowser's role in the conspiracy was to administer the websites that communicate with customers offering devices for sale. So this guy is primarily meant to be the web, pretty much a website operator. I see. So pretty much as he has mentioned, he controlled websites that marketed the group's products, announced new information, and answered customer questions about the products. Bowser helped create and support online libraries of pirate video games for its customers. Oof. And several of the enterprise's devices came preloaded with pirate video games. Oof. ES video game companies announced new security features. Team executed would roll out new devices designed to bypass the security. Oof. Man, I need to get that freaking sound effect meme that one gets. Oof. You know which one I'm talking about, right? What? The Roblox oof? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you get that sound effect. But anyways. And apparently, it's saying, from quarter, quarter, Robert Hammer, who is the special agent in charge, who oversees HSI operations in the Pacific Northwest. He mentions, this is not a victimless crime. The leaders of this multi-million dollar scheme are responsible for diverting money from creative professionals who have worked hard to provide unique products and experiences. HSI, along with their law enforcement and private sector partners, will continue to pursue those who have proved to be enemies of innovation and global commerce. And, uh, like, it, it's not pirating old games, it's, like, stealing from, like, br like, brand new, like, indie, like, developments, right? Yeah, brand new games. In fact, there have been plenty of situations where because of these ha like, roughly 20 million Switches that have been older Switches that have been, that have been hacked, that you could bypass it and then play Nintendo games before they officially break street date. Oh, that is, that is, um, that is scary. That That's like, uh, wow, holy crap. That's how bad the I mean, hack switch with the Switch has gotten, where you can't, there will be days in which, like, a game will eventually get released to, like, it's like someone will buy a game before it officially comes out. Like, you know how sometimes you'll go walk into a gaming store? And then yeah, someone just picks up a copy of a game before it comes out? Yeah, like, uh, I, I know that, I know about the, uh, like, there's, um, a few things with, where, like, uh, certain video game stores, you could, um, like, some people were working behind the lines, I guess, in a sense, and they had, uh, official copies of games that haven't come out yet with the actual discs like in them that you could pop in and you know play i guess uh, well, something what, like that yeah so sometimes what people do would be like hey uh, i have a hack switch i'll burn the game off the cartridge and then distribute it to other people who have hack switches so they could play the game early oh yeah that's no that's no boy no no in fact, you could sometimes witness things like Pokemon Legends Arceus, the open world Pokemon game, even be pirated before it came in, before it came out. 
Jeez, that's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. That is like, you know, I mean, if it was Pokemon Red or Blue or something, then that's different. But, you know, uh, that's a brand new game that came out um, this month, right? January, yeah. yep. Or in January, some somewhere around this time period. Jeez, that is fucking crazy. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm glad because, of course, that's that's hard work being, uh, you know, steal, be, being stolen. You know, I, that it's as simple as that. It's not like seeing uh, an a game that's not being sold anymore being uh, emulated. You know, it's like seeing a, a brand new game that they could have made you know, 60, 50, 70 bucks off of that just, you know, is just been given out for free pretty much. It's like, uh, it's like going into the store and just taking something off the shelf and walking out at that point, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And then you add like a copy machine or something and you can just, you know, Something like that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Wow. At least we have to deal with these things being pirated. So long, baby metal. <laughs> Sorry. So long, Gary Bowser. That was easy. <laughs> CC. <laughs> what a fun time alright and then now oh, that yes. that's fun done times. let's yeah. actually start recapping a event that we briefly mentioned about last week or last episode rather oh yes and a reminder to not use Internet Explorer 11 and older because <laughs> it does not support live stream playback apparently <laughs> who, 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 who the um, fuck is using Internet Explorer who, who out there hurt, got hurt? Anyway, just kidding. Right. But anyway, if you scroll down... So... If you keep scrolling, like, really far down, there's a couple of devices that got announced. Yeah. The Samsung Galaxy S22 and the S22 Plus, the S22 Ultra, and the Samsung Tab S8, S8 Plus and S8 Ultra. Which I'm gonna to need to refresh this page because I'm not I'm not seeing the actual tablet. But anyways, yeah. So those are the devices that have been announced. I guess I'm not I'm not seeing the tablet rip. Um, um, it's basically a uh a, a yeah. planet with a tablet thing. Yeah, I know what it is, but. Guess everyone who can't see the image just go look it up on Google. But anyways, yeah. So we got a phone that's like an upgrade, a phone that's essentially replacing the Galaxy Note series, and some new tablets. You know, I I love the uh, the fact that this phone has uh, what is this four? Is this five cameras? <laughs> no, no six because the one on the front. <laughs> Oh Welcome to modern phones. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, 
I I just noticed this and I'm like, you know, I I wonder what it's like to use these things. Is this like the 3DS? I mean, the 3DS was truly the first innovation of a uh, dual camera design. I now mean, it's triple. This phone, this phone here has literally multi cameras as well. Take a look at this stupid bullshit. <laughs> it's like three plus cameras in the back. <laughs> that is truly good for the player. It it literally looks like an like uh that that looks like a a a, a welding face shield. <laughs> they get on a Otterbox. I'm gonna pretend to know what that means. It's a brand of cases for devices and stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I I didn't know what an otter box is. <laughs> That's why it looks like it's like pretty rough on the back. Yeah. I have a tempered glass screen protector on this thing too, so. It's it's one of those phones that has yeah I saw this uh, one of the phones that has a uh, camera underneath the screen. Wow, that's odd. I yeah, mean, I've always kinda, hated. It, it had like the pimple dot on it. You can see it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't really know if I like it as much, but eh, whatever. Trust it, me, I would it, prefer if the, it was one of those cameras. Like, I think one of the Oppo phones, I believe it. I forgot which Chinese phone it is, but it's one of those phones that have like the retractable camera from underneath. So the idea is when you get a pop selfie mode, whatever, the camera just pop up from underneath the phone. That's fucking cool. From inside the phone. And then when you're done with the, with the selfie cam, it just retracts back inside the phone. That's so futuristic. It's like electronic doors. <laughs> I don't know. Literally, yeah. But yeah, uh, looking at these phones, first glance. Uh, how much does it cost? I need one. Anyway, no. Good question. Uh, I mean, um... Okay, so the Ultra, um, for pre-order, for the S22 Ultra, um, it is a pre-order of, um, an unlocked one is from $499.99, and it depends on the capacity, um, if you want one terabyte, I guess, oh, doesn't show if it's sold out apparently. I assume it'd, it'd be 700, but um, it depends on the uh, model, I guess. $700 uh, for the Ultra? Goddamn. I assume for the one terabyte uh, capacity one. Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, it's a, uh, it's a phone. <laughs> I'm not really, uh, not really gonna get a new phone yet but i mean one day i might treat myself to like a good uh a good quality phone but eh, yeah later. get yourself a samsung or a google pixel or whatever okay i think right now samsung's probably the cheap brand for most considering lg dropped out of the game yeah Rest in peace, LG. I would have bought the next, the latest V series phone to have a Google Pixel if it wasn't for that. 
<sighs> Rest in peace. <laughs> Life's good. Until it's not. Exactly. Drop out. Well, we got these new cell phone products coming out. That's really cool. Let's talk about Tesla's getting another recall on top of their already existing recalls. Uh. Holy shit. <laughs> Look at the subline. The boombox feature risks overpowering vital safety alerts. <laughs> so, probably what it's saying is that according to Reuters, electric the electric vehicle producer Tesla has recalled over roughly 578,607 Model 3S, X, and Y vehicles over concerns the boombox feature can overpower pedestrian warning sound systems. The ability to play uh, external audio while the car is in motion violates a federal safety rule requiring a clearly audible sound when electric vehicles and hybrids are moving at speeds below 18.6 miles per hour. As uh, some, as with some recalls, the company will address the issue with a free over-the-air update. The patch will disable boombox while cars aren't parked, Tesla said. The company didn't provide a time frame for the update, but knew it would affect 2017 and newer Model 3 sedans, as well as 2020 and newer Model S, X, Y, E vehicles. And it says, get this, the latest recall in two weeks. Um... There have been 15 recalls since the start of 2021. Uh, typically minor. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll just take the cash prize for when that satellite hits me in the square in the face. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how would you use your one million dollars? Uh, I'd hire an editor. Woo! <laughs> and uh go to Yale. I don't know. <laughs> go to Yale, study f physics. Yeah, and then become the next Tesla. Woo! Become the next Mr. Tesla, anyways. <laughs> and uh harass him with uh jet tracking. <laughs> which we still have yet to know. If he accepted the offer or not. <laughs> uh, anyways. That's going to be a fun one. Welcome to Godcat, the show that supports tracking executives via planes. Welcome to Godcast, the show where we endorse... Uh, we endorse uh, all public figures be tracked. Not really. <laughs> Uh, Yours is more accurate, goddammit. We endorse uh, things we can't say over the air. Anyways, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, anyways, besides that, I don't think we have much to say about this topic over here. No, I just hope that... Uh, I just hope that this is the end of uh tesla having strange recalls you know um like uh a feature 
overpowering another feature that is safety related. So, yeah. Of course. However, we do have to talk about a certain continent trying to combat the chip shortage. Yes. And uh, we shall thank the Soviet Union for enabling the CHIPS Act. I mean... Just, uh, I said fucking Thank you, call me. <laughs> Anyways, the European Union. Yes, uh, the European Union, not, uh, the Soviet Union, uh, is, uh, um, uh, is allowing, um, th they're, uh, making a CHIPS Act, and, uh, um, yeah, so, uh, now we'll be able to enjoy, uh, uh, higher yeah. stock Ah, uh, the concept is home the Caramel Dasson. Yeah, thanks, Faden. <laughs> but anyways, besides that, uh, recent global semiconductor shortages forced factory closures in a wide range of sectors from cars to healthcare services. In the car sector, for example, production in some member states decreased by uh, one-third in 2021. This made more evident by the extreme... Of the semiconductor value chain on a very limited number of actors in a complex geopolitical context, China. Oh. Of course. <laughs> the <sighs> EU CHIPS Act will build on Europe's strengths, world leading research and technology organizations and networks, as well as hosts of pioneering equipment manufacturers, and just outstanding weaknesses. It'll bring about a thriving semiconductor sector from research to production and a resilient supply chain. It'll mobilize more than 43 billion euros of public and private investments and set measures to prevent, repair, anticipate, and swiftly respond to any future supply chain disruption. Together with member states and our international partners, it will enable the EU to reach its ambition to double its current market share to 20% in 2030. Pretty much the translation is use that, use a currency converter to convert $43 billion to US dollars and yeah our German viewers though would definitely understand this probably um uh, considering um you know we're talking about another uh another uh dictatorship earlier 
No, I'm just kidding. I swear to God, if you mentioned that, that version of Germany, then we're really going to be screwed. I think you can now talk about that stuff. I'm talking about this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? I, I thought this was the European Union flag. <laughs> Sorry. Remove that one little the middle and that'll be correct. <laughs> oh, okay. Alright. So, uh... Um, let me just take this and, uh... Oh... Yeah. Oh my god. It's Blue Alpaca wanting to be a member of the European Union now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways. What is this? Oh. I know what you're going to use that for. Mod that guy. No, I'm just kidding. Bonk. No, this is what... I'm going to use that guy for this. <laughs> Baby metal. Anyways. <sighs> uh, so, anyways. um, Please keep in mind, audience, that we do not honestly think the European Union is a so, uh, you know, extreme authoritarian communist dictatorship. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Not me, at least. Not Hydrowave, at least. Um, I just made a stupid error and uh, called the Soviet Union the European Union because uh, the European Union and Union and that sort of stuff. Uh, thanks, Stalin, for introducing the CHIPS Act. We now formally refer to to uh, fried potato, uh, very thin fried potatoes as chips, not crisps. Thank you. And that's why Britain made Brexit. I'm just kidding. Anyways. Uh, chips but, app. 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 Fuck. So chips they have a, act. Yeah, so they have a few bullet points here. And we'll start with the Chips for Europe initiative, which will pool resources from the Union, member states, and third countries associated with the existing union programs, as well as the private sector through the enhanced chip joint undertaking, resulting from the strategic reorientation of the existing key digital technology joint undertaking. $11 billion, not 11 billion euros, will be made available to strengthen existing research, development, and innovation to ensure the deployment of advanced semiconductor tools, pilot lines for prototyping, testing, and experimentation of new devices for innovative real-life applications. Train staff and to develop an in-depth understanding of the semiconductors, ecosystem, and value chain. We also have a new framework to ensure the security of supply by attracting investments and enhanced production capabilities, much needed in order for innovation in advanced nodes, innovative and energy-efficient chips to flourish. In addition, a chips fund will facilitate access to finance for startups to help them mature their innovations and attract investors. It will also include a dedicated semiconductor Equity investment facility under InvestEU to support scale-ups and SMEs to ease their market expansion. And we also have a coordination mechanism between the member states and the commission for monitoring the supply of semiconductors 
estimating demand and anticipating the shortages. It will monitor the semiconductor value chain by gathering key intelligence from companies that map primary weaknesses and bottlenecks. It will draw together conflict crisis assessments and coordinate actions to be taken from a new emergency toolbox. It will also react swiftly and decisively together by making full use of national and EU instruments. Woo! So, um, pretty much, we may not have to worry about semiconductor shortages anymore. At least, uh, not as much. According to this, not as much. Yeah, I guess not. Like not to the extent where uh, we're. You know, seeing GPUs being sold for uh, like five times their MSRP usually. Yeah, at this, least three times. Yeah, because this is now we're in the market now where we start, all the countries started to realize, oh my god, relying on just China alone for making this stuff is not good for the world. <laughs> no, no, not. Um, I, I mean, you know, it's it's. If it's just coming from one place, then eventually the well runs dry, or in this case, something happens drastically. Like and, a pandemic that wants to ruin everything. And also, people uh, needing electronics all of a sudden, mm -hmm. and a certain Bitcoin uh, or a certain cryptocurrency uh, craze and also a few other things. Exactly. Uh, and people wanting to sell them for higher than usual. You're right. I, you know, I hope that this happens, you know, um, because we... Uh, we need more than one source. You don't uh, create one crop and only one. You don't plant one seed. Right. Because sometimes those seeds don't grow. Or sometimes something happens to the bunch. Exactly. I mean, then again, they could all just play Taco no Tetsujin and play Megalovania and solve all the problems. But besides that, I'm going to walk away and piss. I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna go piss. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and now we get to move on to the shit post of the day. And it all starts with chocolate milk. Yep. And the right to consume. Exactly. So let's go take a look at some chocolate milk. Well, not look at it, but witness how fourth graders are actually protesting because of chocolate milk. So what's going on here is that fourth graders... Yeah, so essentially, as reported by ABC7 Los Angeles, there was a protest that was organized by a fourth grade class at the Sierra Vista K-8 school outside Sacramento, California. The school district announced it would remove chocolate milk from the lunch menu due to its higher sugar content, and students were rightfully irate. 
I think you did say chocolate milk is the best, and I kind of agree with them on that. Chocolate milk is amazing. But yeah, but um, is it to the point where it is, you know, a, uh, you know, does it need to be chocolate milk? Does it even have to be milk, you know? I guess. I'm thinking I drink chocolate, um, uh, not chocolate oat milk, and that thing tastes like chocolate rice krispies, and it's amazing. Yeah, but do you need that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but n yeah, no. Um, oh, I I love that shit though. Yeah, I love oat milk. It's like, it, it's like a, you know, it's not because I'm vegan or anything. It's literally just because it's like it, like you said, rice krispies. But throw in a little bit of vanilla. And you literally have Rice Krispies mm -hmm. without chocolate. All right. And then continue onwards. It says, on the heels of the announcement, one fourth grade cheater. Wow. One fourth grade. <laughs> Sorry. Fourth grade teacher. Motherfucker. Decided to channel her students ire into collective action. The teacher rallied her students, Encouraging them to craft their very own protest signs displayed during a protest march around the school. AFC said reports that the students were instructed to form arguments for school's chocolate milk's return before embarking on their march. We're looking for the information to support our opinion. You can hear the teacher say in a news clip from Sacramento News Station, KQCA. So, initially, what they're trying to do, they're try she's trying to teach her students to stand up for themselves. Oh, I see. Or he. I don't know who the teacher is. Yeah. Oh, it is um, a girl. Okay. So whoever girl students, So whoever girl it is is trying to teach your students to stand up for yourselves. Yeah, I see. Um Yeah. Uh what do we want? Chocolate milk. When do we want it? Now. Uh, a district official says chocolate milk will now return for one day every other week. It's not much, but it's something. Regardless, like I always say, if you want to raise a civically engaged generation, start them early. Um, I got a few, not really hot takes, but I, I really get a, I guess an opinion, I guess. I don't know. Um... Do you have any uh, thoughts on this? First off, I mean, here's the thing: one, chocolate milk's like standard drink in most cafeterias. It's weird that you would remove something that's considered a standard option. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And while I understand the cafeteria's goal of trying to promote nutritional health, I feel like it's better just to teach them this is what you shouldn't do rather than do forced restriction like this. Yeah. I, I um... You see, uh... I... I kind of, uh... I, I get, um... I get why there's an argument against this. Like, even if you scroll down, there's, like, a really angry dude. Um... But pretty much the rant about it is that um, it's just the fact that um, the uh, the the idea of chocolate milk, you know, it, like 
it being like a daily thing is a little bit uh, excessive, I guess. I mean, I have, you know, when I was a kid, I it was just chocolate milk. It was just Oakhurst chocolate milk, you know, um, in the little uh, carton. Um, and, you know, um, I'm, you know, now I, uh, I wish I didn't really drink any milk or at least had juice because, uh, you know, I feel like I have uh, been more health problems that would have prevented, been prevented, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's reinforcing um, the uh, the healthiness of that choice, you know. Um, there, you know, there's studies about how milk is not as good, you know, how cow milk isn't good, you know. I mean, um, I, I just feel like uh, schools in general... Um, I feel like they don't like uh I feel like they don't really promote health in meals, you know. Right. Uh, I hear you. I mean anyways, uh, this isn't supposed to be serious too much. It I we just thought that this was funny that they literally protest not having chocolate milk. <laughs> um which I I you know, I agree. Uh, you know, about uh, teaching people to stand up for themselves, you know? Especially, but I, I don't like it when the stand up for yourself is a complaint that's uh, you know, um, very, uh, you know, bad, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's, it's like uh, um, protesting against uh, you know, civil rights, I guess. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, obviously, protesting for civil rights and the rights of people is important. I feel like, honestly, here's my take on it. You could probably deal with having less chocolate milk once you get to middle school or high school when a lot more of the drinks are more suited to them. When you're a kid... I feel like you'd want to have, like, apple juice or chocolate milk or just various different options that are, like, more fruity and childlike in nature. Mm. I feel like just having chocolate milk as an option would be pretty important. Not, I mean, granted, not for nutritional sense, but I mean, like, because it's standard everywhere else you go, like, you think, you know, you'd want to yeah. match that. Yeah, I get that. It's just uh, I feel like they should. Um, I feel like they should uh, work. Uh, like the school district kind of uh, enforces the whole. Uh, um, enforces the whole like. Uh, I feel like they don't um, have the. Uh, uh, I I feel like they don't enforce. The uh, I, like I feel like they don't enforce healthy choices as much, you know, as they might seem to. You know, they're doing the bare minimum. You know, I mean, nowadays I, I hear from, you know, I hear from uh, uh, my younger uh, cousin how you know um, it, a lot of the shit that he gets is cold, so uh, cold food that's that's supposed to be hot. You know, 
So, wow. um, I don't even think that they care that much. All right. uh, I'm sure it's a, it's a case by case basis of which school district you go to, pretty much. Some are going to do a little yeah. bit better than others, but naturally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just do. I just find like, like if you went for complete health, the only thing you'd probably have in the menu is salad. Yeah. And then when, I... and then when do you get bored of that? Yeah, I know. <sighs> it's like you have salad, apple slices. And for a kid, they're not going to really be interested in it. So you would want to have, like, other dishes that appear to the child market, like slices of pizza and chicken nuggies. Honestly, maybe decrease the portions of it and maybe satisfy those requirements, but still. But besides that, um, let's talk about some bears. And not the the flying type either. We're talking about build a bear. As our last article of the day. Oh. Oh. Okay. So apparently uh, they're doing adult themed build a bears. <laughs> yeah. And uh I have no idea why you do this, but um well, I mean, there's a lion that looks a bit, uh, um, suggestive. So, uh, yeah. So the thing is that makes this whole thing interesting is that they're saying that if you scroll down a little bit, they're saying that yeah, obviously you know brands understand understand that pivoting to attract a new audience doesn't have to be extreme, and they said what perhaps even rare is that there doesn't seem to actually be any adult bears. The link they provided in the Facebook ad for the after dark line just leads to some stuffed toys in heart pajamas. Oh, okay. Um it doesn't have like uh uh you know things. <laughs> and if you look at one person these are just cheeky stuffed animals for wine moms. Uh, you know, now that you now that you mention it I think that's what these are marketed towards or something. Um, I just am terrified of looking at these uh, Twitter threads. Uh, th- there's uh, um... <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, th- th- <laughs> what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> the fuck is this? Oh shit. Uh, give me one second. Um, uh, I'm gonna just blah and uh, blah. What is this? <laughs> what the? <laughs> Word document over here. Screw <laughs> um, yeah, interesting stuff oh, here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this show is already more cursed than it Now we're dealing with <laughs> bears, and oh my god, <laughs> it's just the fact that they're they're they have alcohol. Um, they have like champagne or wine or something in their hands, and then um, oh, you know, uh, yeah, this this image of a lion in a robe, you know, uh, and uh, after after dark, uh, and uh, you know, um, the only thing it really spawned is freaking me because if you look at this page here, I'm not actually gonna play it. Take a look at what one yeah, of the gifts is. It has a horse. Yes, I know about that. I know about that, and I am fucking, uh, nope. I don't want to even watch that gif. I'm glad there's no autoplay. So I actually want to look at it, because... <laughs> what the fuck? I just looked at it. it... That's so fucking weird. Like, uh, I don't know. Okay, we thought this was funny at first, but then we looking. It's one of those ones. We thought it was funny at first because we were looking at, like, After Dark, and then after we do this article, we're like, oh no. I mean, they're just stuffed animals, so I'm leaning more towards this is okay. Yeah. So long as we're careful, I like, can. You can have. Like you, you can have your fantasies, but reality is um, exclusive. Yeah, I guess. Kind of is. So, yeah, I agree. Pretty uh, much. <laughs> uh, especially lioness. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, let's definitely not stuff a horse with a uh, super vacuum. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, it's like uh, it's like that that one guy, um, that one guy in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, he, he's looking for his horse that got stolen by some lady, and uh, he loves that horse. Parallel too much there. <laughs> or or the uh, Red Dead Two where you find a, a a black sheep with a marriage ring. Um, on a necklace around its neck and a pink bow tie. And a guy with his pants down, dead, next to the corpse of the sheet. Uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm giving too much information. <laughs> uh, don't we all give out too much information on this show? Anyways, uh... <laughs> Our comment of the day is none. Oh, we're heading straight into that, okay. Yeah, comment of the day is none, because... 
Maybe we'll have something once we upload more often. Maybe if this thing gets more views, we'll have some people to actually discuss things about. Oh, yes, certainly. We, you know, um, I mean, our comment of the day is, uh, I guess, anyone's impression of those downloads that we received, you know? True. I, you know, and, um, I mean, I guess our comment of the day can be, uh, you know how you mentioned, like, uh, I think you mentioned, like, one of your brothers was like, how did you make a five-hour episode? Or something like that. Didn't you say that or something? Yeah, and the secret is we did it in multiple recording sessions because... Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that is our comment of the day. Right. Um, In a sense. We can go with that. Um... Anyway. Stuffing horses. Sorry. Yeah. It's horses or rubber duckies. We're good. <laughs> All um, right. Anyways. Yeah. So. Uh, I. Anyways. I am Pyjoyve99. And I want to suplex, suplex this rubber duck. Also, and the, and these are the main metal girls, and this is James Petfield, and they all want to meet him. No, they they all want to meet him and uh, do a collab with the real Metallica song. <laughs> so then, have a good night, everybody. And boy, we're gonna have to we'll punch. suplex you all next time. I mean, oh, sorry, uh, we'll Soviet your fuck. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's like I just. Uh, I don't know. <laughs>